Welcome to the Asylum. Now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Welcome into the Asylum. I am Rick Briggs and my partner, Rick Flieger. We are Flieger and Briggs, the Asylum Sports Show here on FakePigskin.com. And uh, Mr. Flieger, it is dark, dank, and dreary up in western Pennsylvania for about the last three or four days. I, I think that's a, just kind of like the the whole weather pattern since Pittsburgh just got destroyed by Jacksonville 30-9. to oh, oh, We're going to talk about that plenty. It is dark, dreary, dank, and I don't know what other D words you use there. For Rick Flieger right now with the news of the Ezekiel Elliott suspension, we'll get into that shortly. We are going to play, since Rick didn't do his homework again, we're going to play Pick Your Poison tonight, give out the game ball, stinky socks, game picks, although those are no good unless you want to go 500. Start sits, we'll open up the mailbag, so much to get to, but before that, Rick, let's pay a few bills and then we'll get right to it. That's right, fantasy football fans. Of course, listen up. If you love fantasy football, you need to try the new best ball leagues on our favorite app, Draft. And here's how it works. You draft a team. We've gone through this. Flieger can do that. He can draft a team. I botch it up later, which we'll get into, right. but I can draft. You can't botch these ones up. It's season long, but there's no management. That's why it's good for you. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. You don't even have to set your lineup. Your best players get automatically selected, and you'll get the best score every week. Never worry about injuries again. You can draft a team anytime you want. Leagues start every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash, baby. Leagues start from 3 bucks, so there's a league for everyone. There's no salary caps. You play in a real live snake draft, just like you play with your friends. And you know what? All new players get a free entry into a $3 best ball draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code. Why Zeke Why? Oh, no, no. No, no, no. No, no. Fake pigskin. Sorry about yes. that. <laughs> That's right. Play real money game for free. Don't screw it up just by using the promo code. Fake pigskin. Fake pigskin. On your first deposit on draft. Just search draft. In the App Store or go to PlayDraft.com and come play free with promo code FakePigSkin. You got it, baby. Seriously, get on there and do it. I have not, Rick, you, we know how stupid I am. and we're Most of the show today is going to be about stupid decisions I've made, stupid picks I've made, and stupid things I've said in the past. I haven't lost money yet a single week. I am just gradually climbing up. I went a little higher stakes this week finally, as I promised I'd do on last week's show. Made money again, pal. Get on draft. You you can do it. Even a dummy like me can do it. You can do it. That's right. But, well, Rick, I, I don't even know how to. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm sick about it. Federal appeals court by a two to one, two to one uh, decision reversed. Suck, and so does fantasy football. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> reverses. And you, my season now, basically, Rick. Here we go as Ezekiel Elliott's suspension is going to be upheld, or at least the injunction was withdrawn. Uh, looks like that suspension is going to stand. We'll be out six games after the bye this week. It'll be week one of the fantasy playoffs before Zeke Elliott comes back. Yeah. You don't own any Zeke shares, so you're loving every minute of this. Well, yeah, I mean, it certainly uh, bodes well for opponents of the owners of Zeke Elliott. But, yeah, I mean, I feel your pain because it, it – Never in a million years did I see this one coming. I mean, quite frankly, I have no idea. Since when did a federal court make why a decision it was this overturned? Quick? 
And I don't even know. I heard a little bit on the way down to the studio, as a matter of fact, that if this if they made the decision, because I don't really know exactly the decision, but if they made the decision that they're upholding it because through the collective bargaining agreement, Roger Goodell can do this, period, it's over. Right. There's right. no appeal. Yeah, and it's but seen- if there, if, but if it just has to do with them overturning the other court, apparently it can be appealed. Right, and, and what it appears to be at this point, and I am the furthest thing, Rick, the absolute furthest thing, is my computer's making noise for no reason. Hold on. There we go. It, it was based on a jurisdictional issue that the previous court didn't have subject matter jurisdiction. Now, this is going to stun you. I'm not a lawyer, and I really don't understand what that means. But the plan is they're going to go back, file for another TRO in New York here over the bye weeks. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this thing goes away again. I really doubt it. So you're it's, saying you're really not an Atticus Finch, and you really don't know what's going on here. Uh, who? <laughs> That kid from American Pie that could only crap at home? That Finch? Oh, God. That was a I love doing this stuff to you. What's an Atticus Finch? <laughs> Who's named Atticus? Is that a person? <laughs> Animal, vegetable, mineral? Oh, my. Oh, my. So you're yeah. not going to tell me seriously? Well, because, because I'll tell you what it's from. You've never heard of it. it You've some, never heard of the people. Is it some 200-year-old movie that you're watching all the time? Is that <laughs> no. what this is? Oh, uh, it's it's a classic novel. It's oh know, yeah, I'm not reading classic movie. I mean, it, it's just you know. I still get Sports Illustrated for in the bathroom if that counts, but that's about all the reading I do. Yeah. Anyway, Rick, look outside the studio and look at the entertainment system I have built out here. Why the hell would I sit around and read? Well, you have um, newspaper articles on the wall. Well, newspaper articles of the Steelers winning Super Bowls. I'll yeah, read that. Guess you won't be putting one up this year. No, no, we'll get into that. But All right, let's get moving. More headlines. Yeah. Before that, before we move off the Zeke Elliott thing, my thought is everybody ran out. We had a good laugh, Rick, right before we went on the air, is obviously I own Zeke in the Caveman League, and immediately, immediately after this news, the one guy you would expect to do it right <laughs> runs out, picks up Darren McFadden, and wants to trade him to Darren McFadden. It doesn't matter. There's just not going to be a running game in Dallas as far as I'm concerned, at least a consistent fantasy performer between Darren McFadden and uh, why am I blanking on his name? Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris, yeah. I keep wanting to say Fat Rob. I got Washington in my head. We'll get to him later. Well, I mean, you bring that up, and <clears throat> I guess the, the, the better question is how does this affect Dak Prescott? How does this affect Des Bryant? You know, and I think without the threat of Ezekiel Elliott, now I think things become a lot more difficult. Right. I think you're going to see maybe a little more Jason Witten. Probably. Um, But I think you're going to start seeing a few numbers. Actually, maybe not yardage-wise, but I think – Dak's um, efficiency, QBR, stuff like that, I think it's going to start ticking down. Probably. Because it's just it's going to be on him now. Right. I, I don't think Alfred Morris or Darren McFadden can carry the load. I mean, this Dallas offensive line, one of the best last year, 
has really not been that good this year. Well, and I think that's the point. If you look at just at the final yardage numbers, right? Right. I like what he's been doing in the passing game. That's been a little new wrinkle for Zeke Elliott. And the touchdowns have been pretty good. Actually, really good. The thing is, if you look at his rushing total numbers, these are on big carry totals. He is not... That he reminds me so much of I don't well that's a bad comparison I was going to say to a Barry Sanders but not in the way he runs but in the way his stat lines are if you look one one three four negative two negative four twenty two and these have been the stat lines he's been putting up I don't think an Alfred Morris I don't think a Darren McFadden gets significant enough carries are going to get the 20 25 30 carries that Zeke was getting to barely reach that 100 yard mark they're going to score touchdowns they're going to get their touches but I think it's going to be split up and running the ball has been a struggle for the Dallas Cowboys this year it really has and um you know, as my computer's kind of slower, I was going to try to pull up. I don't, I don't have his stats right in front of me, but you know, you look at the yards per carry last year compared to this year, and you know, it, it's it's not even close. I don't believe. I'm, of course, you know, your starts talking and mine just sits here. <laughs> Technology <laughs> hasn't been our friend trying to get this show on the air today. I, I will say that, but it doesn't matter. Look, right. we we know. The yards per carrier down, it has been a struggle. He's getting his numbers, but it's taken an inordinate amount of carries to get it. So I think this is probably a good thing by default for Dez Bryant. To your point, the offense isn't going to be anywhere near as efficient, but now all of a sudden Dez is going to be getting more looks. I think it's a re- it's a boom for Jason Witten, certainly, maybe even Terrence Williams. I think these guys do see an uptick. But I think it's going to be a struggle for Dak, and it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough on that Cowboys offense, almost as rough as it's going to be on Rick Flieger, which is what I mainly care about. Well, no, that's not mainly. That's all you care about. Well, fair and, enough. and quite frankly, I don't blame you. Um, you know, it's um, – I, I don't know. It, Des Bryant, I'm not sure it's going to help him. It might. I mean, now that, I mean, last year was kind of different. Um, he was hurt. Him and Zach really had no chemistry. They've they've been playing together, so. And the number you're looking for, Rick, on his career, yeah. Zeke Elliott's yards per carry is four point seven. So he was pushing five last year. On this season, three point seven four. Right. So it's been a big dip this year. Yeah, exactly. And it's been an absolute yeah five struggle. one last year to three seven this year. You know, once you pull it on my computer, works. Well, yeah. <laughs> make a fool of you. Well, cool. That's easy to do that's anyway. That's very, very true. But that's the thing. You didn't see a whole lot of three fives, three sevens from Barry Sanders. That, no. You know, even well, those a- 80s he mixed into his negative fours tended to balance that out for him, which is why it was a terrible comparison. But that's what I think about when, in watching the last couple Dallas Cowboys right. games, you get into the third quarter, and he's been stuffed at the line over and over again, and he'll bust one here and there, and just enough to where you get to the fourth quarter when they finally worn the defense down a little bit. He's sitting at 70, and he's able to tick up over 100. Said his involvement, especially the first couple games in the passing game, really salvaged him as the fantasy stud we thought he would be. But all in all, compared to what he was last year and where he would have been drafted if not for this hanging over his head, it's actually been a bit of a disappointment for Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's Ezekiel Elliott. He's actually – and it's a strange year, quite frankly. Um, we've played, what, five games, correct? Yes. And, um, you know, Zeke Elliott's averaging under 80 yards a game. Right. Um, and that's just – there's only – there's only three rushers averaging – um, 
Well, Todd Gurley's right at 80 a game. Fournette's about, what, 85, 86 a game. And, you know, Kareem Hunt, obviously, That's is over old. 100. Whole different stratosphere there with yeah. Kareem Hunt, but I think look, it it has to benefit Des Bryant. He's going to have to see more targets, right? I mean, it's they're going to continue to try to run the ball, but I don't. Are you going to be if you're Jason Garrett? Are you going to be as committed to the running game, running back and forth between Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden as you were with Ezekiel Elliott? I don't think you're going to be. You can't. You're going to pass more often. You have the to. The only two people that matter in your, you know, you've got Cole Beasley, fine. You got Terrence Williams, fine. But if you're looking to make a play, you got you got Jason Witten and you got Des Bryant, right. right? And it's been a struggle with Des Bryant. And I had fully intended before this news broke, right before we went on the air, to have a nice long Des Bryant conversation. We'll see. That might change. It may not even be worth having right now. But I think by default, whatever that gap is between Prescott and Des Bryant, or whatever we think the issue is, that's going to have to go away here. I would think. I, yeah. I, I would think. It, 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 I just think it's immeasurable how important Ezekiel Elliott is to that offense, the way they do things with Dak Prescott. Scott. No doubt about it. I agree 100%. All right. Well, let's move off that before I vomit on the air. I don't want to do that. I literally, Rick, six leagues. <laughs> I made that move to get Ezekiel Elliott earlier, thinking I was going to get away with it. And I almost did. You did. But, if it um, wasn't for you meddling kids. Yes. All right, Rick, do you ever play wide receiver? Look at me. Look well, at me. I assume you didn't look like that when you were a teenager. Well, No. But, I mean, there's not that many Cole Beasleys around. Well, fair enough. <laughs> well, if you know anybody, Rick, have them give the New York Giants a call. <laughs> How yeah. about Odell Beckham, gone for the year. Brandon Marshall, gone for the year. Dwayne Harris, gone, gone for, for the, the year. year. Shepard, going to miss this week. If you can play the wide receiver position, Rick, now is your time to head up to New York and make a name for yourself. What a di- yeah. What an absolute <laughs> disaster. For Eli, I mean, this was a disaster for, as a team for the New York New York Giants when they were healthy, but now all of this happens. How are they going to score another point the rest of the season? Well, yeah, even even that beast mode Paul Perkins is injured <laughs> has injured ribs. I mean, basically, the offense is going to be running through Shane Vereen, if that's even possible. I liked what I saw out of Orleans Darqua. In, in, in they, there was at least Spurts, a semblance yeah. of a running game, right? And, and Gollum, I think we're going to see a split between those two. I think right. the Paul Perkins experiment is done. But the whole Giants season so far is a disaster. I mean, take the injuries away. If, if you stood in the middle of August in front of 20 people, right? And you said after week five, ladies and gentlemen, I'll bet anybody here a hundred bucks that the Jets will be three and two, and the Giants <laughs> be zero and five. How many takers would you have? Everybody. Every I wouldn't be doing this there. stupid show right now. I'd be on that yacht we were talking <laughs> yeah. about throwing Alejandro off of. Yeah, it's just it's completely come undone. Even before this, before the injuries, Eli Manning looked done. I I think it's just it's over there in New York. Really, the biggest hit obviously comes to Odell Beckham Jr. owners. There's nobody on this Giants. I think once he gets back and healthy, just absolutely by default. 
default coming off of what he did last year. Sterling Shepard's got a lot of value moving forward, I would think. Even though they're going to score four points a game on average, I have to assume. Sterling Shepard is the only guy you have ever heard of who's going to play wide receiver for the New York Giants. I mean, Rick, go ahead and tell me everything you know right now. I'll sit back and listen. I know I cut you off and I interrupt you a lot and that bothers you. So I'm going to sit back <laughs> and shut my mouth and listen as you tell me everything you know about Travis King, Tavares King, Travis Rudolph, and Ed Egan. Go ahead. I don't think my mic's working. All right, well, well, we tried. You see, unfortunate, you know. But, but I mean, that's the point. So, I think Sterling Shepard's going to have a lot of value coming out of this just in terms of, in a PPR especially, but he's going to have to get 15 targets a game, I would think. You can't run the ball. You have nobody who knows how to catch the ball. I mean, I think easily 12 to 15 targets each and every week for Sterling Shepard once he gets back. It's very possible. The problem is – is Manning even going to be able to get half the passes off? Well, I, I, I mean, I think I think that um, dejected, dumbfounded, stupefied look that they focused on. Right. I think when Beckham broke his leg, when he was standing in the middle of the field, like staring at nothing in particular. <laughs> I, I mean, you could almost just see it like I'm going to die before this season's oh, yeah, over yeah. with. Why didn't I retire last <laughs> offseason right. and go out semi on top? So just a real mess there. But Sterling Shepard is a guy, if he's hanging around out there, I may be, may be looking at for, for later on down the road. Julio Jones has been limited in practice all week with that hip injury, Rick, but all expectations are he's going to play. Mohamed Sanu is not looking good for this week. You worried about Julio Jones this week specifically? That that hip took him out for most of the game before the bye. Had the bye week. I honestly thought he'd come back. I don't know if these are more maintenance practices, and I, I don't know how much it's bothering. They're not saying much. I'm a little nervous about Julio Jones his first week back. Yeah, you have to be a little bit. You know, before we delve into that, not only is the Giants' offense a mess, of course, you know, Rogers Cromartie indefinitely suspended yeah, after meeting, that. after going. It rolled and, out. Yeah, and he's done. I mean, this this team is just unraveling yeah, I mean, and falling Ben McAdoo apart. doesn't make it to Christmas, right? No. I mean, he might not make it to Halloween at this point. He had, he lost the team before things outside of his control, like every pass catcher you have going exactly. down. And I think we need to mention Evan Ingram. You know, if – you know, you talk about the counter-argument to Sterling Shepard getting 15 targets, which I think is true. The counter-argument to that relating to fantasy success is if you, the other guys you're worried about are Tavares King, Travis Rudolph, and Ed Egan, I might go ahead and throw three on Sterling Shepard, right? So this could bode well. You got no running game. You, you would got think no Ingram receivers. would get more targets. Evan Ingram was supposed to come in and be a difference maker right away, and he really hasn't been. He might be the guy that benefits most from this. Very possible. Very possible. We're getting back to Julio Jones. Yeah, the 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 hip thing. It, I may be wrong, but it seems like it was two or three years ago. He had a hip problem. I, it sticks it, in my mind. Yeah, and I and I'm not sure exactly what it was. If it was just a flexor or what, I can't remember. I remember he seemed to have a problem with the hip two or three years ago at one time. And yeah, I mean sometimes that's concerning because he's a physical guy. He, he's been dinged up, you know, in his career so far as it is at times. Uh, you know, you get a little bit of concern, but right now he's playing. You got to start him, oh, obviously, yeah. coming yeah. off a of bye week. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. But you might just temper expectations. Stefan Diggs almost cost me a caveman game on Monday night after coming up with that groin injury. He's been limited in practice, but fully expects to go this week. 
Rumors circulate, Rick, that Aaron Jones could get the start over Ty Montgomery, even if Montgomery is available on Sunday dealing with those ribs. What do you make of all this? This is bad, bad news, I think, for Ty Montgomery owners. I think it's common sense, quite frankly. Hey, here you have Ty Montgomery, dynamic guy. He's actually been playing pretty well this year. He's got banged up ribs. We saw what um, what it's doing to Rob Kelly in Washington. Right. I mean, he just had cartilage damage. Ty Montgomery had broken ribs. Right. I mean, I think it's just common sense. If they had lost two in a row, they may be bringing him back a little bit, but Aaron Jones acquitted himself quite well. Aaron Rodgers pulled another rabbit out of a hat. They own Dallas. How fun they is that win guy again. To watch? Oh, it's, it's <laughs> awesome. It's you a, give him the ball with a minute or more left. He's going to score. Yeah. I mean, right, you had no doubt they were score, getting the field goal. You knew the announcers knew that game was going to OT. It was a matter of whether or not they got it in the end zone. Right. You knew the field goal was coming. There was no doubt in anybody's mind. Oh, no, exactly. And you, you know, the. I'm starting to realize probably about the only thing, and you're probably to a lesser extent starting to realize the only good thing about getting old. I mean, you think back, Aaron Rodgers just adds a collection of some of the amazing players oh, that we yeah. have seen over our. I mean, I can remember seeing John Unitas through Fran Targenton all the way up now to like Aaron Rodgers. It, I mean, it, it's fun to watch. There's always those special players that only come along. Every so often. And there seems to be fewer and fewer of them. So I think, to to your point, Rick, back to Ty Montgomery. Yeah. It makes all the sense in the world this week, right? If if there's any chance this injury lingers, any chance it's going to affect his performance, you know, I think you worry about to take it away, you know, from from the injury standpoint and and endurance and things like that. I think you're going to be more apt to fumble if you're worried about your ribs and you're wearing that stupid flak jacket. So it only makes sense with Aaron Jones coming off a 100-yard game that he gets more more of the work now what i wonder is coming off of one good performance if he has another one i i'm gritting my teeth and i'm nervous we have ourselves a good old-fashioned rbbc in green bay all of a sudden where ty montgomery is not adrian peterson of eight years ago i grant you but up until that injury he had touched the ball more than any other running back in football and the numbers were burying that out and now you get a guy a true running back we talked about this in the preseason and we, we sort of look i look dumb for saying it that I thought, if you have a legitimate running back, why were you using this converted wide receiver all the time? Well, they they were still doing it. Now Aaron Jones gets the ball, adds a different style of running, allows them to do different things. But with what Ty Montgomery's done and his success and his ability to catch the football and all the different things they can do with him, I think all of a sudden, you know, everybody's going to run out and they already ran out and spent all their free agent dollars on Jones. Everybody, somebody drafted Ty Montgomery in the first three or four rounds of their draft, and now all of a sudden, boom. Here comes a split, buddy, and that makes me nervous. That's why I didn't make a lot of plays for Aaron Jones, number one. And number two, I only have the one share of Montgomery, but I'm thinking that's about to become a penny stock here real soon. It, 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 it bears worth watching, I'll grant you. But, you know, he has a rib injury, broken ribs. They have two more games before their bye. You know, it's Minnesota and then New Orleans. Yeah, Aaron Jones isn't going to put up big numbers this week. We know that. So the New Orleans game will be key going into that bye. I think. But, you know, I, I think it's – I still think it's common sense. I, I, I think Green Bay is pretty much all in this year, quite frankly, going for a Super Bowl. Oh, I mean, absolutely. And I not – you know, I don't think they're going to rush it as long as they're winning and having success. 
you know, I think everybody's going to have their part. I think Ty Montgomery will still have plenty of touches, from, you know, at least from the buy out. I hope because he's been a volume player as well. If you look at the yards per carry, right. you know, it's just been pure volume that's given him, given him the numbers he's had this far. Uh, Samaje Pirine, Rick, going to get the bulk of the Redskins carries this week as Fat Rob's going to still going to be out with that injury. Adrian Peterson, Rick, we probably should have hit on this a little one earlier, traded to the Cardinals. Your boy Johnson cut, cut, gone. Chris Johnson gone. Oh, well, we should be. Adrian Peterson in. Y'all giddy about one, that? One 32-year-old for another. Yeah. Um, I think they've probably upgraded. I mean, we've talked many times that Chris Johnson was a shell of himself, and yet they called him back after Johnson went down because he was still better than the rum-dums that they have right. there. Right. You know, as an every-down back, and he, he just wasn't getting it done. Peterson's unhappy. Common-sense move. They're probably – it's certainly no long-term commitment, but they've got to do something to stop the bleed in Arizona a little bit. If they can get any sort of a run game going, 60, 70 yards a game, that takes a ton of pressure off Carson Palmer. Any chance at all, and I, I'll, I'll answer first, I don't think, but I really hope, any chance at all we at least see flashes of Adrian Peterson, as we know Adrian Peterson, or is this much like Emmett Smith and much like other <laughs> successful running backs that Arizona is where your career goes to die? Edron James comes to mind. <laughs> it seems to be the running back graveyard over the last 20 years if you go back and really look at it. It's hard to say. Any I don't chance? know. I, I'm hoping. But. I mean, if there's – let's put it this way. If there's a chance – this is the guy. And this might be the place, too, right? The I, situation. There's nobody creeping up behind him. Oh, there's no chance that there's anybody creeping up behind him. Ellington's going to be in on passing downs. We all know that. Cause When's Pete, DJ coming back? I don't know. They really it, it, haven't the, said. It's sort of gone right. away. Yeah, I mean, he's on IR, and I mean, I'm sure just on how the surgery go and how well he's healing. I right. Mean, it's simple as that. But, you know, Peterson – if there's a chance, he's the guy. I mean, it's slim to none. You may see flashes here and there, but as far as him popping that hole and, and just looking like Adrian Peterson of old, I highly doubt it. I got to tell you, I'm rooting for it though. When he, when Adrian Peterson's going good, there is nobody more fun to watch since Barry Sanders. R really, it's just it's a completely different style. But the way he could just take over a game, I'm rooting for. It, but I, I really don't think it's there anymore. Oh, what else do we got? Derek Carr's been limited practice, but he expects to play Sunday with his injured back. You playing him if he's in? If he's in, are you in? Yeah, we talked about that <laughs> that before the show. And I have him in a couple super flexes, so it's not even a question for me. I wonder in your average league. In your average league, I would probably err on the side of somebody. But, like, you know, we were talking about the Scott Fishbowl where you start two quarterbacks. My only other option is Jay Cutler. And I'm riding car in this situation. Yeah. If I had, I don't know, pick somebody, a Phil Rivers, um, maybe even a Case Keenum, 
on the back. I may sit him one time just to make sure he's all right. I I don't know. I mean, a fractured back. That's kind of uh, serious. I mean, yeah. when Tony Romo had that, I believe. Yeah, that's that's what ultimately ended ended that career or was the the catalyst towards it. Anyhow, playing the Chargers defense, not exactly eighty five Bears. They can't get after the quarterback a little bit. So, like I said, in a super flex, it's a no brainer. Right. If he's starting, you start him. In the average league, there there may be better options. Those will be a case by case basis when we exactly. get to. The mailbag. Travis Kelsey Rick's still in the concussion protocol. He'll be making advances apparently, which is a good sign. Status unknown probably right up through Saturday. Have to keep an eye on that one. This is a shame, Rick. One guy we finally brought up last week. I think it's the asylum curse. Charles Clay. Uh, they're going to be out several weeks with after having a knee scope. So they, there goes the offense in Buffalo, and that that was reflected with that performance in in Cincinnati, I think. And of course, this has nothing to do with fantasy football, but apparently it's mandatory to bring up JJ Watt gone for the year after mm. breaking his leg. Did you happen to be watching that live, Rick? I, th- this is hack because everybody's no, I talking wasn't about watching it. that game. No. So he goes down with the injury, and it looked like the OJ Simpson. Broncos situation, all right? They followed him back to the x-ray room, the NBC cameras. And they look like something out of WWE. They show him coming out of the x-ray room and into the ambulance. I was waiting for Braun Strowman to run out and tip the thing (laughs) over. And, Rick, I am not BSing you. As that ambulance pulled out, the NBC blimp followed the ambulance out the building and down the highway. It was the most absurd thing. Look, J.J. Watt's very likable, right? Very marketable. What he did for Houston in the wake of that hurricane was tremendous. Tremendous ambassador for the game. But are you serious? You're following the freaking ambulance. He broke his leg. He wasn't. It wasn't a near death experience. It, it's a. It's a damn shame. It's a damn shame for him. For the. For Houston. For the fans of Houston. All of that. I get that. But you're following the ambulance with a blimp while the game is going on. Come right. on. It, it was the most absurd thing I'd ever seen in my life. And I've seen some stupid stuff. I hang out three or four hours a week with you. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you do see a lot of ignorant things. But yeah, that is stupid. But, you know, if you're in a traditional league where you have the defense special team, if you're the owner of Houston defense, you're going to feel it a little bit, oh, I'm yeah. sure, no doubt about that. IDP leagues, obviously, you know, you lose somebody like a J.J. Watt, that's that's crushing. But Not as crushing as it was to NBC, apparently. They were really upset. <laughs> apparently not, no. All right, Rick, real quick, any takeaways from, from week five before we move on? Yeah, um, I think right now, the NFC South is the most interesting division of football. I, you know, a lot of people, oh, the AFC East, but you know what? New England's eventually going to bubble to the top of that yeah, thing. Yeah, Buffalo's coming back to the pack as they do. But right now, I mean, Carolina looks really good. Atlanta looks pretty good. When we talked to them earlier in the season. That that close win against Chicago was a real telltale boost for them. I right. think they're on the right move. Tampa Bay is a team we're looking for more from you know i think they become that coin flip team right you you have no idea what you're going to get from that offense week to week we know who they are defensively you have no clue what you're going to get but offensively offensively, i think in general we're looking for more so i'm actually looking for improvement and all of a sudden new orleans the last couple games has a defense this defense keeps playing like that with that offense oh this division's great I mean, I think it's I think it's incredible right now. Yeah, and you never know who's going to win that going in, and right. when the play bears it out early on, it's definitely interesting. My only takeaway, Rick, and I did 
it's dumb. It's a dumb takeaway. But it's something I thought of watching Monday Night Football bored out of my mind. It was a reasonably competitive game, I guess. It wasn't an exciting Which game. Which game was that? Minnesota-Chicago. I thought that was a good game. You had Trubisky, the start. There was Can, intrigue. Before you get to the takeaway, did you get the sense that – Karma or the world or some world conspiracy did not want Chicago to win that game because boy, I sure got with the ticky tack calls against them. Hell yeah! It just seemed like everything. I mean, almost like the whole world was against that team to win. And that's funny you say that, Rick. That that ties pretty deeply into my takeaway. Is it just me, Rick, or is right now so far in the 2017 season the NFL not near as fun to watch? as it's been in the past. I just have this feeling. I, I, I don't, I'm not enjoying it. I don't know. You know, you think with all this unpredictability, right? You have no clue what's going to happen at the kickoff of any game. You know, New England's losing games. The Steelers are losing 30-9 to at home to, to the Jaguar. You don't – the Jets are 3-2. and two. You got no freaking clue what's going to happen. That should be exciting. It, it really should. But there's some – I don't know if it's all this off-the-field stuff, the stupid kneeling issue, if it's the penalty – replaying everything for 45 minutes, every single play for 45 minutes, if it's the absurd amount of penalties. I don't know what it is, Rick. If it wasn't for fantasy football, I'm not certain I'd be watching right now. There's something about this game missing right now. I agree 100%. And I'm really, really not enjoying it. I, I agree. It's It starts off with – and this is not – taking sides one way or other because you and I know it's all about us and we could care less about anything else. Right. You know, they never used to show the anthem. No. So now we bring in some controversial, serious topic that they want to start covering. Then it gets to the game. They last forever because why? Because there's three teams on the field. Right. You have the home, visitors, and the officials. And then they have to have their mugs on TV as much as they can until they get a cramp from throwing that old yellow flag around. <laughs> then you have commercial break on top of commercial break, even though they said they've cut them back. Yeah. Seems and, to me they just squeezed more in on a half screen. They haven't gotten rid of the old ones is what it looks like. I'm sure that's not the case. but Right, exactly. But And then the game itself is, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how else to put it, I guess, other than what you did. Not as much fun to watch. It, it's not, you know, you know in, in, you know me, I was never a huge fan of him anyway. But, you know, I'm starting to miss some of the genuine happiness and excitement of a guy like Brett Favre right. or, or John Elway. You know, the, the Antonio Brown tantrum on the yeah. sidelines when you have 600 yards receiving and blowing everyone away You know, because your quarterback happened to miss you. Yeah, it's frustrating, but guess what? There's, there's 22 guys out there running around. They all weigh 300 pounds. Yeah, you're going to get missed. You're a little guy. Right. And And – it's just so much drama and I think that's what it is that this like everything else on the planet the NFL now like everything on television now like now like our politics like everything in the everything else in the world the NFL is now just a reality show is what it feels like. Yeah. Manufactured drama to a degree when you when you talk about the officiating. I'll tell you this, Rick. You, know, this, you talk about anecdotal. We're talking about one guy for one week. 
But last Sunday, yeah, I play in this stupid, you know, church league softball league that plays Sunday mornings. Well, somehow we ended up with an extra scheduled game at one o'clock. For the previous, you know, going back 35 years that I've been a football fan, I just said, nah, I'll play that 11 o'clock game, then your boy's gone. I got to get watch the game. I sat around and thought about it. I said, you know what? I'm going to play this softball game. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> My lineups are set. I don't care. And I'll tell you what, we, we can debate the TV ratings. You know, you, you ever do, you want to have some fun. You want to just, you know, bang your head off a wall. Get online and Google, you know, NFL ratings. And every other story will be, ha, ratings are actually up. Next story. Ratings down. down. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. They can't even decide on it. You know, no. now numbers are subjective, right? Not numbers aren't even what they are anymore. Right. But you know, it's just if you take a guy like me, and I'm losing interest, that's where I think the NFL has a problem. And I don't want to attribute what to attribute to. I don't want to talk about this kneeling thing. I don't care. I bah, get that out of here. No, this, this is if about it's the us. refereeing, if it's the I don't whatever it is, I'm losing interest, Rick. I really am. now I'm in it. I'm in it to win it in terms of fantasy football, and that's what keeps my interest. Sure. And that's why I still continue to analyze and do everything I do so we could do the show because I do enjoy doing this show. But to sit down and watch the games wire to wire, end to end, red zone all day, go back and watch games or watch and, quarters that were interesting. I'm not doing it right now. And and one of the big things, you know, just sitting here listening to you and, and kind of just muddling through my head, one of the biggest things really is to me the officiating. I think it, it does not matter. You have a play there's no excitement in a play. No. None. Because I mean we saw Jordan Howard break one loose forty yards. Up oh, flag. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't a penalty. It was ridiculous. Nobody, nobody in 2017, Rick, has run an outside sweep, gained more than 10 yards, and it wasn't called back. Nobody. None. You know what it is. But it's this replay era, era, and it's what's become with everything being replayed and on the Twitter on everything. These referees are so afraid to make a mistake, they're going to call all this ticky-tacky stuff, or else they're going to be all over the front page of NFL.com, Yahoo, MSNBC, and every other dickhead with a website is going to be all over it saying, oh, look at this. This guy's terrible. Fire him. Hang him up. That's the culture of the day. Right. You make a mistake. you you got to die. Well, yeah, you need to die. You can't make a living for your family. You can't do anything because you made a mistake. Right. Meanwhile, I'm this faceless anomaly on Twitter, and I'm perfect. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I and I judge you because that's what I do. But but I tell you, Rick, I, that's where I'd be worried. Not that they care about me necessarily, but if the NFL was losing the interest of someone like me, who for 30 years come 10 a.m. on a Sunday, even before I was all in on fantasy football, would be on the couch in front of the television with my hand down the front of my pants and a big Cheshire Cat grin on my face until 10 o'clock that night. If you if that's starting now that I'm not even well I'll go play softball and you know what I'm not even going to watch this Sunday night game I don't watch the stupid WWF uh, pay per view with my daughter instead that's a problem and I wonder how many more like me there are. Well, I'll be honest with you, pal. There's another one right here with you yeah, right now because you know what I did Sunday. I hung lights up in my basement. Right. Would, would you have done that 10 years ago? I wouldn't have done that four years that, ago. That's, that's what I'm saying. There's something I there. I don't even know what it, I don't know what it is. It's just, there's something there. It's not I, th- the I think, same. It, yeah, it's, um, we hit on it before. This, is, you know, fantasy football, watching football, whatever it is, watching hockey, you know, you name whatever that you do, that is what we do for escapes. Right. 
Well, it's and now it's just front and center. With I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch CNN or Fox News when I turn on a football game. You know, I don't want to see pol- politics. I don't want to see drama. Right. You know, I don't want to hear about anything except football. Yeah. Unless a player is going through a personal tragedy or an ill, you know, right. illness, something, a personal story. That's one thing. But I don't want to hear none of this crap. Yeah. I'm tired of it. I I'm sick of this. And you know, as far as I'm concerned, it should not even be mentioned. No, no. Somewhere else. Do it on Tuesday. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. But right. I don't know. It just it, it really hit me on after after Sunday. I thought about it. I was feeling kind of guilty. So on Monday, I'm starting my show prep for this show. And the Monday night football game's on. And, you know, I'm flipping back and forth to the baseball, to the Big Bang Theory. I just I couldn't bring – it wasn't the most interesting game. You know, off the kick it was with, with Mitch Trubisky starting. But it's – God, I didn't care. And that, that I didn't like that feeling. That wasn't a good feeling whatsoever. No, and there were lots of things to take away from that game. Trubisky acquitted himself right. pretty well. Jarek McKinnon actually showed that – Hey, this this is the guy with with the right. the, the first step in, towards the starting running back. Latavius Murray yeah, he, he didn't cooked, yeah. have anything. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Exactly. I mean, you know, so there's a lot to take away from that game, but the referees to me just totally <laughs> yeah. ruined it. Yeah, it's funny you brought that up right before you know I'd planned this and really thought about if I should say because I wonder as we're doing an NFL fantasy football themed radio show if I should go on a diatribe about how I don't much care for the NFL anymore. But I just thought hey. I think and I'm glad you feel the same way. I don't think we're the only one, Drake. I really don't. No, and, and for you know to say that we shouldn't feel that way it has nothing to do with me as being a fan right and it has nothing to do with me not paying attention to fantasy sports and, and fantasy football but what it does do is it takes a lot of fun away from it right and quite frankly some of the interest in the players and teams themselves because i just want to know i'm just starting to who's starting Who's right. injured? What are the matchups? What are matchups? The, yeah. yeah, defensive stats, blah blah blah. That's what I. That's yeah. the only thing I want to know about. And then I'll see you on Tuesday. I'll go in and see how all my predictions worked right. out. And, and I don't want it to get that way. And but what, what struck me about it was I wasn't the typical Nimrod on Twitter who said I'm mad about the kneeling or I'm mad about the people are mad about the kneeling or I'm upset about this or the domestic. Uh, no, yeah. I didn't say any of that. I with my actions, I didn't watch. You know, yeah. I come home at 2.30, and I watched from 2.30 till the well, Sunday I mean, night game. And then when the choice came, the Sunday night game was on, my daughter was upstairs watching, and I don't really follow the WWE right now, but she's up there watching that. And I said, you know what, hey, come on down here. Let's watch it on the big TV. You know, I just I couldn't – it's crazy to me. You, you brought up another good point. Maybe some of it's our fault, too. You get on this Twitter. You get on Facebook. You're, you're right. You get on that – and all I do, I just get mad. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and everybody's angry. Yeah. Everybody on these things are angry about something. Yep. Whether their team lost or somebody got hurt or the politics one way or the other or the refereeing, but they're always mad about something. And you kind of get sucked down that wormhole with them. Yeah, because they'll say the most ridiculous. You know, <laughs> there used to be an old guy, um, you know, Art Linkletter. 
used to have a show way back when I was a little kid. Kids say the darndest things. Okay, I, you know, I knew that name. Well, that's what Twitter is. I mean, <laughs> people say the stupidest things. I mean, to that's get like, reactions out of people like us. That's like that's the soon. name of the show. It's just people say the stupidest things. Yeah, and and it really does. It exposes the ignorance and stupidity of people. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll we'll get off of that, Rick. Just I'm something. really starting to get fired up yeah. now. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone. I was waiting for you to mock me, throw your beer at me, or whatever it is. Well, you do that under the best of circumstances, but. All all right, let's get back to it, Rick. Back to football. Time for... Game ball goes to... That was a little quiet. I'm going to hit that again, Rick, if you don't mind. Game ball goes to... There we go. All right. See, mine's down now. No, you're, well, yours was running the same time game as mine. Ball goes to... Yeah, that's better. When ours okay. are running together. Who's your game ball go to this week, Rick? I really tossed it in the air. But I'm going with my boy Melvin Gordon. Yeah, big 105 big yard rushing, six catches, 58 yards, and two touchdowns. Gave the Chargers their first win. And, um, you know, this is still a very talented team. And, you know, offensively, anyway. And, and I'm still waiting for that. Is it Phil Rivers, the reason they don't explode? Because, I mean, I cannot imagine with the talent they have on that team Melvin Gordon, you know, Keenan Allen, you know, Benjamin. Williams are okay. Williams emerging. I mean, there's so much talent there. You still have Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates. Tight ends are still more than adequate. And yet they're, you know, they eke out one against the Giants. I think it's him. And think about this. Three guys, probably, not probably, the three most disappointing quarterbacks so far of 2017, for my money, are Ben Roethlisberger, Phil Rivers, and Eli Manning. What do those three have in common, if you recall? The same draft. They were all in that same draft class. So I think it shows us more than anything that Tom Brady's the anomaly, still doing what he's doing at 40 years old. These guys, I think, are starting to hit the wall, especially, especially in the case of Roethlisberger and Rivers. You know, you listed all the weapons Rivers has around him. We all know the weapons around Ben Roethlisberger. I just wonder, are we hitting that wall with that class of quarterbacks? Is it over for that group? It's hard to say. I mean, you know, look, Rivers is still fifth in the league in passing yards. And, I mean, it's not like he's horrible. Nine touchdowns, but he has the five picks. Which has sort of been his M.O. for a good part of his career, though. And Ben's. And right. Eli's. Right, so. But, yeah, I mean, Eli, I mean, he's thrown for – Really, right up there with Rivers, about the same. And Roethlisberger's probably about 100 yards behind Rivers, so they're all right about there. Ben Roethlisberger was six touchdowns and two picks going into the Jacksonville game. Now he's six and seven. Yeah. And, I mean, that that was just horrifying. But they're all up there in picks. Their touchdowns are down. Uh, Eli Manning, granted, doesn't have the weaponry around him, especially now. But, I mean, other than Beckham, Marshall's over to Hill. Shepard, I've always been a little leery of. No run game at all. Pittsburgh and San Diego, to me, have no excuse. Yeah, there's just no excuse for it. And we'll probably probably get to that in the stinky socks segment, I had to imagine. For me, Rick, I'm going to give a nod. There's so many guys more deserving of it, but I wanted to talk about this guy. On my short list, I had T.Y. Hilton. How about seven for a buck 77? Boy, Jacoby Brissett getting a job done. That that Colts offense is better than we thought it was going to be. And we're going to get back to that here in just one second. I also have to give a nod to Will Fuller. 
four touchdowns in his two games back from injury. Concern with him there is he's got six receptions to get garner those four touchdowns. Right. So you wonder how long that can last. Does he get more involved? Or so you worry about that. But I'm going to give a game ball just just to mention his name, Rick. Game ball goes to Marlon Mackrick, 91 rushing yards, a touchdown. Also added a catch. He's expected to get more carries now, coming coming out of the Colts camp for with Frank Gore averaging a career low 3.2 yards per carry. This kid is dynamic. He's scary. He's a game changer, and he seems to really fit what they're doing with Jacoby Brissett. Right, the way you run sort of a different kind of offense with a young, inexperienced quarterback. If they make this change, and I don't trust. That I don't trust Pagano to do it. If they make this change where you get Marlon Mack more involved, Marlon Mack isn't in every down bag. He's Tarek Cohen, right? He's he's uh, Darren Sproles. He's one of these type of guys, I think. I don't know if he can carry the load. But if they get more, him more involved, I think these stat lines you could see more and more often. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, before we get on the stinky socks, I kind of like to give like little, uh, you know, nods to Leonard Fournette, Aaron <laughs> Jones, Cam Newton. I mean, you know, there are a lot of good performances last week, but uh, you know, to me, it was Melvin Gordon. And, oh uh, yeah, head and shoulders above the rest. Okay, I mean, that, that, you know, that's just one of those things. You know, the oh no, oh yeah, that's right. One of my favorites. It won't work. Oh, did you break your new fancy new machine? Ooh, there you there go. It All is, right, baby. Rick Briggs, stinky sock. For the it's week. obvious. Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to give it to Ben because okay. he gets a trunk full of them. Yeah, it's just all of them. He gets all the stinky suck. Pull one out for someone else. I'm sorry. You know, one touchdown, 92 <laughs> yards, and a pick. Jay, it's getting lame. <laughs> it's this, pathetic, right? This this is getting lame. I mean, you're the guy with a cannon for an arm. There is no you're... better way to put it. That might be the most succinct thing you've ever said. It's, there's no better way to put it. This is, this is getting lame. It I like is. that. I mean, you know, this guy, like I said, has a cannon for an arm. We know you're not interested. Right. But – Ten million bucks should at least have you at least winging it around for 180, yeah. 220 yards. Yeah, throw four picks a game. Yeah, we're, we're make used it to exciting. That, right, we're used to that. If but... it wasn't for the defense, they'd have lost that game. I mean, it was what 16-10. You know, he mounted at least what an offensive charge for six points. I, I, uh, craziness it's unbelievable <laughs> I, I think you 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 should, could have just stopped that this is getting lame i mean it that's is. so encapsulate encapsulates the career of jay cutler let alone this season all right rick for me it goes to obviously i had ben roethlisberger on the top of the list again not worth talking about i'm gonna go off board a little bit rick my stinky sock this week goes to john fox okay head coach chicago Bears. okay you got a rookie quarterback making his first start on Monday night. Your best wide receiver right now is a battle between Kendall Wright and Marcus G.D. Wheaton. Right. Okay. You've got a guy in Tarek Cohen who every time he touches the ball, if he doesn't make a big play, it looks like he's going to, right? 
You go back to week one when he was on the field for 65% of the snaps. It has been a steady decline to Monday night where he was on the field. We're not talking about touches here. On the field for 30% of the snaps. You got freaking Benny Cunningham in on third down when you have the, the new, young, and improved Darren Sproles on your team, absent of any other offensive weapons, and you can only find on three out of ten offensive plays some way to get Tarek Cohen into the game. You're a damn fool, and you deserve all the stinky socks. So, John Fox. You shot him. Why, why, What is going on here? And this what, is what the is same guy. Him? This is the same guy that refused to have a dedicated running back in Carolina right. with D'Angelo Williams and Stewart. Right. Why wouldn't you split when you have a Howard and Cohen? Right. Why wouldn't you at least use them like you did them in Carolina? It, it makes no sense. He is really, outside of Jordan Howard, the only other playmaker you have on that offense is Tarek Cohen. Why isn't this a Ricky Williams-Ronnie Brown situation? What? Why are you not getting him on? Benny Cunningham? Seriously? <laughs> Benny freaking Cunningham? I'm sure he's a nice guy. And my apologies to the entire Cunningham family, to whom I'm, I'm assured are big fans of the show, so don't take this personally. But Benny freaking Cunningham? All right, throw fake punts to him. That's cool. But Tarek Cohen is carrying, bringing you cups of coffee while Benny Cunningham is running routes on third down? Come on. What are you doing? It's insanity. I agree. I mean, that's uh, what kind of sock did you give it to him? It doesn't matter. Take a stinky sock. And what I did was I pried his mouth open and I crammed <laughs> it down his throat. That's what I want to do with the stinky sock there for, you go. for John Fox. There you go. I like that. Okay. All right. Ooh, I got a little fired up there. <laughs> so apparently I still do have a little f- passion for the NFL. Who knew? Stupidity. Yeah, I, I have no patience for it anymore. All right, Rick, where do we go here? We did take Oh, away. and let, let's update. Let, let, let's do a little update while we're at it, you know, while we're talking about John Fox and the Bears. Okay. One that we did forget because he is basically number two right now. Marcus Wheaton is out four to six weeks with a groin tear. <laughs> Shocker. So, Marcus Wheaton got hurt I mean, when he Chicago got... Bears have suffered wide yeah. receivers like the Giants have so, all year. So then you can guarantee that Cohen will be down to 25% of the offensive snaps next week, right? I mean – you know, does Benny Cunningham have a brother? Maybe he can come in and take a few snaps, too. Maybe it's Sam Bam Cunningham. You know. That'd be a good name. I'd root for that guy. That's a guy worth rostering right there. No. You don't remember Sam Bam Sam Cunningham? Sam Bam Cunningham. No, yes, what was sir. it? Running Sounds back. like a pro wrestler. Running back. Oh, no. Yes, Who'd he sir. play for? Ooh. How about, Patriots, I think. How far back are we going? Uh, I'm going to say 70s, 80s, yeah, something like little, that. Yeah, a little hair before my time, yeah. unfortunately. All right, Rick, let's get to it. How about we, we want to play? Well, you want to talk a little hockey, right? We can do that before we play the game. Yeah, we'll talk like. a little hockey here. I mean, uh, I'll tell you what, if you happen to have Alex Ovechkin on your fantasy team, congratulations. <laughs> Eight that? goals already. And um, I tell you what, this guy is on fire, Rick. I don't know if you've been paying a whole lot of attention right now. It's a little early for you yeah, to be. He started off back to back hat tricks, scored again last night against the, I was watching last night because they were playing the Penguins. Well, yes, of course. But I'll tell you what, though. I mean, how about um, Toronto undefeated? This is the Leafs, man. You know, they were, they, you a know. A lot of the experts predicting that team to, to make a little run in the playoffs. You got yeah, the, they you got, got there last year and they're rebuilding. Got I the mean, young first first overall pick there. They're playing some offense now. They have some goaltending. The Toronto League. I think the league's better, right? When Montreal, Toronto, especially. Definitely. The league's more interesting when these Canadian teams Montreal, are. Montreal. 
I think I, I like it when obviously Pittsburgh, but I mean Montreal, Toronto, like you said, um, St. Louis Blues. For some reason, I like when the Blues are, and you know what, the Blues are hot. I think yeah. they're they are my West favorite this year. Yeah. Going, going. Yeah, they came in on the Penguins banner raising and just pimp slapped them in front of everybody. They lose a good hockey team. Yeah, well, they lost to Chicago ten one. Who that also. was ugly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was. It's rare uh, I turn a game off in the first period, but I happened to that night. That's that's true. But um, no, I mean, getting back to the Blues, I'm really starting to like this team. I've liked them the last couple years, and kind of like, yeah. You know, they get the players. Like, oh. They're 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 like a Washington. They're one of those hard luck playoff teams, and, and have been for quite some time. Okay, I'm gonna put something to you here real quick. Okay, obviously we're we're. Pittsburgh guys, we're looking for the three-peat, right? Right. If Pittsburgh doesn't make the Stanley Cup Finals, who do you think will from the East? I mean, it's early on. That's why we want to do this now and see how stupid we are later on. If I could erase all of the past history and I look at the rosters as they're constructed, it sounds like a call, but it should be the Washington Capitals. Well, yeah. Top to bottom, they're the best team in the NHL, I believe. But I yeah, you know, they're going to have to hope Pittsburgh doesn't make the playoffs, right? Because they're not going to eliminate. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to beat Pittsburgh. But yeah, so yeah, beyond that, I think you can put about twelve teams in a hat and pick one out. Quite frankly, I, I'm. That was basically the point of the question. We talked about the Leafs. You know, we talk about you know Montreal. I mean, they've been traditionally strong the last couple of years. A little bit slow start now. Boston will probably be there. Lightning's intriguing. Um, but, yeah, there's nobody that really stands out. New Jersey's undefeated. I mean, they'll end up yeah. with 10 wins. But, but I, I, They'll play 82 games and have 86 goals is sort of the way New Jersey rolls. Right. Okay. Now, well, you know, in, 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 I really have no idea. I kind of like, um, you know, Toronto going in other than Pittsburgh, obviously. And, actually, I like the Rangers. But they're off to a slow start, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything right now. Okay, the West. Now, we already talked about, you know, St. Louis off to a hot start, 4-0, Chicago's 3-0-1. Vegas, the Golden Knights, baby, 3-0. I'll tell you you what, Rick. I was watching. I just had – it was right after – was it after the Penguin? No, I I don't even know why I was watching. But Vegas had their home opener and did the. They brought the some of the first responders out and they brought some of the uh, the shooting victims out to do the ceremonial right. puck drop. I, I don't usually get in wrapped up too much in that stuff. I'm sitting there watching that air, that opening ceremony and I'm swear swear I'm by myself in the basement yelling at my TV. I'm not crying. You are. It it was emotional. <laughs> it was really something. And it's a team I always like. The city of Vegas. I love going out there. I go out there every every couple of years. The you know, the jerseys are cool. They got my boy Mark Andre Fleury out there. That's a team I was going to root for anyhow. And yeah. then <laughs> you added all that. It, it it was rough on me. I was a little. Thank God I was alone. I was a little embarrassed by my behavior. Well, you know, certain things are. I mean, something of that magnitude. I mean that's really not sissified to feel feel bad. I mean, that, but it was so well done. Oh yeah, it exactly. Was like, oh my god, <laughs> I'm not crying. You are. Yeah, exactly. Um, what was the question? I don't even remember. That just when you said Vegas, that popped right. In the oh, front we, of my we head. were just discussing the West in, in the hot start that Vegas had, starting off three and zero. 
Is this a team built for a play? I mean, can they last all year? No, no. They're, they're, they're running the emotion right now. And, you know, even that stuff aside, you're running the emotion of, you know, when you bring in a James Neal, you've got some good hockey, but they're not built. You didn't recognize four names on that squad. They're not built for a playoff run. No, nah, James Neal got you know five goals through three games. You know, he's got a hot start. And, um, but I mean, you look, there's, there's nothing, I guess the whole point of this exercise was basically other than Chicago, St. Louis, that's not really, I mean, that's basically my favorites in the West right now. I think Edmonton's a dark horse. Edmonton looks very good. Um, they go, they're off to a slow start, but man, they're, they're talented. They, they, McDavid. They um, look to me with McDavid and what they did last season in the postseason. It looks to me like that first playoff run for Sidney Crosby. Hell, what was that? Over a dozen years ago now or whatever it was. It, it really had that feel to it. And they're starting yeah. to build around McDavid. And McDavid is a game changer in the same lexicon as a Sidney Crosby. And I think whether or not it's this, you know, could this be the year then like the 2007-2008 Penguins where they make the cup final, lose to somebody like a Pittsburgh or a Washington. It's hard to say Washington's not an old grizzled. They haven't yeah. done this a bunch like Detroit had. But you get my point where they right. get there, come up a little short, and here comes the run. And now for 15 years, as long as Connor McDavid's there, they're going to be great. I, I You wonder, Edmonton be somebody, I'd go out to Vegas and place a bet on them. you probably get pretty good odds on it. I think they, they could do this. Yeah, you think about that. What was it? Um, I can't remember the year now. It must have been about – 98-99, something like when Edmonton lost the finals to the Canes. I'm not even sure what year that was. Maybe it was even early 2000s. I can't remember. But they, but since that, since that run, that team was scrap cellar dwellers for years. Right. Building this team up. I think you're right. I think they are built to last. Well, I mean, well into the two twenty two thousand twenties. Yeah, I mean, I, they're they're young and they look they're a scrappy bunch. They, they look like, like good goaltending. Yeah, and and loaded with talent. I, I agree. I mean, Edmonton goes right back to what you say. Another another Canadian team out west. Right, man. It, I good mean, for the league. Good yeah, it is. It is. But um, no, I, I just really it's starting it's starting to get interesting now. I mean, it's kind of to me, hockey's a little bit like baseball. Yeah, you know, you really don't get into it. Right February, off the bat. I'll, I'll get all in. Yeah, I'll passively watch it now. February, you get you get the <laughs> Super Bowl wrapped up, nothing else going on. Then I'm all in because I'm not watching the NBA. I won't do that. No, you got that. College right. hoops in the NHL come to the forefront then. All right, Rick, let's jump back into it real quick. Well, I think we've been going a long time here. So a quick abbreviated version of. We're going to play a little pick your poison, Rick. We'll play it just like we did last time. For the rest of the season, Rick, pick your poison. We'll start with Marlon Mack or Tarek Cohen. Notice a theme of what was on my mind this week yeah. when I did my show prep. Boy, I, I'm going to go Mac. Okay. For the simple reason is, like you said, the decision with Cohen seems to be with Fox. I think the decision with Mac is probably going to be on Gore finally breaking down. And right. the guy's 34. And, you know, hats off to him. I think this guy's a Hall of Famer. 
I, I just don't know if he can keep continuing to carry that load for a team that's not that dynamic. Right. And they don't have Andrew Luck in there. So I think they're going to need some fresh legs and a little new blood in there. So I, I think I'd go Mac. Yeah, I, I agree. Frank Gore averaged at 3.2 yards per carry, well below his career average and the lowest of his career to this point. You know, Tarek Cohen's got two things working against him. There has to be special plays put in for him for whatever reason, as of my hissy fit earlier, he, he's having to compete with Benny Cunningham for third down work. And Jordan Howard, after a rough you know first two weeks, all of a sudden looks really good. And Jordan Howard is what we saw at the end of last year. So it's going to be tougher for Cohen to get looks, whereas Marlon Mack, now I assume Chuck Pagano is as big of a buffoon, if not bigger, than John Fox. However, I think as you watch Frank Gore struggle and struggle and your offense continues likely to struggle, although they've been better than advertised, there's a good chance they continue to struggle. I think you you look at Marlon Mack getting more and more work, and he's a dynamic player because he hasn't been off the field to this point for any other reason that he hasn't been healthy. You know, I don't know what the coaching staff thinks of, but he hasn't been healthy up until last week. He had a, you know, a decent stat. I made a couple of plays in week one. He got hurt, and now he's just coming back. So I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Marlon Mack here. All right, Rick, rest of the season, pick your poison. Martavis Bryant, Jamison Crowder. Uh, both have really been underwhelming to me. And, I mean, there was so much potential. With Martavis Bryant, we hit on that back in July and August. Oh, the, this Pittsburgh offense is going to be so, so much better with Martavis Bryant. So far, he's got 15 catches for 204 yards and a touchdown. And the only touchdown he had was a logically called, you know, slant pass p- pattern across the middle where he made it a catch. Outran everybody. Right. I don't think I've seen one since to him. It's always been winding up and going downfield. He gets tripped up or he overthrows him by five yards. Yep. And now on the other hand, you know. These are two guys you drafted to be a number two fantasy wide receiver. See, this wasn't supposed to be easy. I finally got you on one. You did. I think I'm going to have to lean Crowder. Quite frankly, because A.B. is the guy. Right. Simple as that. And then you have Le'Veon Bell. And we still have two quarterbacks that like to wing the ball. I mean, I think by a whisker, I think I'd go Crowder if I had to pick my poison. Yeah, the, the reason I get Crowder involved in this is you know, it sort of had gone unaddressed. And you know what? We didn't talk about it at all that, that I can recall. Jamison Crowder just been completely uninvolved, you know, where Terrell Pryor's been a bit of a disappointment. You know, Kirk Cousins is still a quarterback of this team. Finally, Jay Gruden come out this week and said, hey, we're going to make a concerted effort to get Crowder more involved. I get This comes down to one question for me, Rick, and I don't know the answer. So I'm, I'm going to ask you because I'm curious of what you think. Are what, what we are seeing with the Steelers' offense, is this an anomaly? Is this a bad stretch? Is this a, some a communication issue that they're going to get out of like we've been predicting for the first five weeks of this season? Or is this what the Steelers' offense is? Because if the Steelers' offense becomes even 75% of what we thought it was going to be, the answer here is Martavis Bryant. If not, it's just by default Jamison Crowder. 
If they do not lose their diva status and actually find a freaking leader in that locker room, I think this is what you'll see from Pittsburgh. Yeah, quite frankly, well, I think, mate, it's like I a agree. bunch of little girls running around having hissy fits. It is, and you know, James. And on and on this, the same token, I don't like. You know, Gruden says, "I think you'll see more of James and Crowder." Hopefully, hey, okay. Look. You have a guy named Kirk Cousins who loves to throw the football. Jamison Crowder, Pryor, and D-Jax, correct? Right. They're not D-Jax. He's no, with Tampa. He's gone. D-Jax is gone. That's what I was trying to say. D-Jax is gone. Gerson's gone. You have Pryor and Crowder. What do you mean you're going to get him involved, yeah. hopefully? How, is, how would he not been involved to this he point? He has 14 catches right now. I can't believe it's that high, quite frankly. No. So you better get him involved, or you're not going to win many games. Yeah, I, I can't understand. You got Grant making catches. It, it, it's been really odd how they couldn't get Crowder. But you just wonder if not having the speedster like Jackson and the possession guy like Garcon, right? Was that opening things up for Crowder? And Crowder doesn't have the ability to get himself him because right now nobody's afraid of Terrell Pryor. Nobody. Well, and that's one of the big down. You know, downward trends there is there doesn't seem to be the chemistry between him and Cousins at all. Right. Where you had that, like I said, with Garcon. Look at Garcon out in San Francisco. He's doing what Garcon does, right? (laughs) Exactly. Six, seven, eight catches a game, and then, you know, the yardage is the only thing that varies, but the targets and the tough catches remain constant with him. Another Anquan Bolden. Right. That's a a really good comparison. But but Jamison Crowder and and Pryor, they – they better start working overtime with Kirk Cousins. I mean, because this team is in a tightly contested division, and their backs are against the wall. I mean, they have to win and win now. Here's something I'm thinking about that's fun to think. It would never happen because this isn't what our Steelers do. But I'm just thinking Ben Roethlisberger whining and grumbling about retiring again here already middle of this season. What if he went ahead and retired and Kirk Cousins hits the market next year like he's expected to? You bring a Kirk Cousins in with the weapons here in Pittsburgh. I've been thinking about that. They would never happen, but how cool would that be? Oh, that would be super cool. Rather than watching Landry Jones for a season and a half. That that's when the interest will really start going. Wouldn't it be an excellent fit when you oh, think yeah. about it with the weapons they have? Of course it and would. And what Juju Smith-Schuster, he hasn't put up big fantasy numbers. He's making a massive, massive impact from a football perspective. Le'Veon Bell, although he's on the franchise. And how anxious do you think Kirk Cousins would be to try to come to Pittsburgh, too, with Antonio Brown? You would think, unless he's really got his heart set on going with uh, Shanahan out to San Francisco be about the only thing he has ties to from right. a coaching standpoint. Obviously, you don't want to play with that terrible team. But, all right, Rick, moving on. Pick your poison. We'll just do two more. Des Bryant, and I threw this name in deliberately. I wanted this to seem crazy, but pick your poison, Des Bryant or Devin Funches. Now, this changes with what we found out for, right before we went on the air today, I think. Yeah, I mean, I still have to go with Des. He's, he's still – you know what you're getting with Dez. We're not sure what we're going to be getting with Ezekiel Elliott gone. Funches has had seven grabs every game since Greg yeah, Olson has gone out. Exactly. I mean, how many seven catch performances has Dez Bryant had? And, and you know that that came right after my rant about Devin Funches yeah, having to step gotta up. Got to get it going. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I think I, you gave him the old when boy, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I did, as a matter of fact. Maybe we ought to give that to um, Dez. When boy. When. Are you going to get your act together? 
Well, apparently the answer was the next week. He heeded Mr. Briggs' advice. Exactly. Uh, Des Bryant right now, what, 21 catches. Uh, let me see, 264 yards, three touchdowns. Not what you expect from a Des Bryant. No. But it's basically what you and I expected coming into this year when we had him right. yeah. way down our ADPs, or not ADPs, but our rankings. Yeah. I had him as a, a 24, I believe, in the preseason, if I'm exactly. not mistaken. But, you know, with everything going on, I, I think if I had to, I would still take Des Bryant for the simple reason he's number one, Calvin Benjamin's number one in Carolina still. I mean, as far as, you know, wide receiver ones. Um, I mean, you know, even with that performance he had last week, you know, Benjamin was still over 100 yards in receiving as well. So, I mean, I don't know. It, flip a coin. I mean, you can make a case. Yeah. I mean, you, you pick a poison here. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. The answer right now is Des Bryant, and, and I talked plenty about why. I think his targets are going to go up. Yeah, just by default, his numbers are going to go up a little closer to what you expect from a Des Bryant. When you hear that name, the name brand of Des Bryant. We haven't seen it for a season in five games now, right? but the name brand is Des Bryant. But I will tell you, about 5 o'clock Eastern time here on Thursday, October 12th, before that Ezekiel Elliott news come down, and when I wrote this question, the answer was Devin Funches. Now, they're expecting Greg Olson to be back at some point before this season's over. That changes everything, and this question is for the rest of the season. But for Right now, before this news came out, this was Devin Funches. All he's done is caught seven balls and got in the end zone every game since Greg Olson went out. He he has stood up. He took you know the tongue lashing from you, and he's the one. You know, Kelvin Benjamin's put up a few numbers, but Funches is the one where you notice the most difference. Where he's taken that role. You've got Cam Newton playing better and looking his way, using him as a weapon. And that answer until the Ezekiel Elliott situation came down was Devin Funches. But now. <laughs> with that, at least for the next six games, it's yeah. And when you ask that, I mean, of course, I knew about the Elliott, but given I said Bryant, even knowing the Ezekiel Elliott thing, it's not by much. I no, mean, you, you no. saw how I was waffling around right. because it looks to me like Cam Newton's getting stronger every week. Confidence looks like it's back. Confidence is up, and when this guy's on, look out. I mean, because this team is start, going to start scoring points. Yep. We're going to find out tonight against Philadelphia. It could be a shootout. It could be 9-6. We'll get into that later. But um, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you this. Do you really think six foot six, 270-pound guy, non-contact, breaking a bone in your foot injury, do you think Greg Olson is really going to be effective yeah, if and when he comes back, or th- when and if he comes back. I think he comes back. Is he effective? That's He's probably question. not Greg Olsen that, that we know. And, and you wonder if we build if Cam builds it, keeps up this rapport with a guy like Funches. If McCaffrey, if they fi- figure out finally how to get him involved, you know, maybe Greg Olsen isn't as necessary. So I don't think he ever returns to you know that number two or three overall tight end. You know when he comes back, certainly not. Yeah, you know, it, it's a fair point. All right, last one, Rick. Well, we got it. Oh, go ahead. You know, no, I want I want to hit on some of this stuff because you know every 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 you said every game since Olsen was out, Funches you know did this that and the other whatever. Because Funches has elevated his game. Don't forget the one game, I think it was Detroit game. 
Ed Dixon had 175 yards. Yeah. yeah. And you know, for for you know, in the tight end position. So I don't think there's going to be so much a drastic change, even if Olsen comes back. Ed Dixon proved he can catch a few passes, and Newton will go to him if he has to. Yeah. But you this know, may maybe be more the, of a Newton thing. Maybe this is better. Maybe he felt. Because Greg was the guy. He was the older guy there when Newton came in, almost kind of like, you know, an allegiance thing. You know, go to doesn't feel he has to do that now, and things are starting to open up a little bit. I don't know. I'm actually starting to talk myself into Funches. (laughs) Yeah, you've you've come all the way back around, which is always fun. Last one, Rick. This one shouldn't take much time. We got to keep moving. Pick your poison, your boy Amari Cooper, or a bag of Lay's potato chips. Oh, Amari Cooper. No, I'm taking the chips. Hey, you go right ahead. You, you think he's going to fix this thing? Yeah. I, I have no to, confidence to, in it. To the elite status where he was drafted at, no. But to be totally as silent and just, you know, go back to the Jay Cutler thing, lame as he has been this year, no, I, I think things will pick up. I, I think thing, things are a little wanky in Oakland right now. And, you know, they, they don't have the explosive run game everybody thought they were going to have. Look, and I'll go right now and say, I'm going to tell you from what I've seen, they need to get Jalen Richard on the field a lot more than they have because right now he's the best back that they have in that team. Washington's out and Lynch just ain't got it. I'm just about that action, boss. Yeah, well, let's see it, Bob. <laughs> yeah, we haven't been, been much action. <laughs> there hasn't been a lot of talking either. I ain't never seen no talking with me, nothing. We know, we know, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the running game. When, boy, <laughs> when are you going to get your act together? That's what I want to know from my action boss. I, I think Amari Cooper is going to show flashes. But I just wonder if we overrated him. You, you, you really wonder. It seems like even even when Carr's healthy, Crabtree's the first option out there. They're trying to well, run the ball. Well, we talked about that in the preseason, Rick. Who was the most efficient? Who was the most productive receiver last year Crabtree. It, was, it, was it wasn't cooper right so it'll be interesting to see but you know i don't think we have to tell you at this point you know you had to fight with people three weeks ago amari cooper's got to sit on your bench till he flashes but i think you're going to see continue to see these poor performances. he's really not healthy he's nicked up nothing major but he's been nicked up all year he's got the drops it's just uh, i might take the potato i like chips though so all right, real quick, we are well over an hour here. I want to leave lots of time for the mailbag. Maybe just one start, one sit. Your start's top we start. We got of plenty the week. of time. Don't worry about a thing. We, you know, we're concise don't as we have to be. I don't think we've ever been concise. <laughs> we're a lot of things. Concise ain't one of them. Okay, I mean, you know, I think um, I think this week you're going up against a defense that's 21st against the pass, and um, you know, I think Patrick Peterson is going to be uh, covering a lot of Mike Evans. I think Djax is a pretty good start this week. Chance pop right at least a big one, and they've yeah. been getting him more involved, more more targets than I think yeah. he used to. Adam Humphreys is, is seeing a lot of targets, yeah. and teams are taking Evans away. Yeah, they, but, they are. You know, and if if um, you know Winston can actually capitalize on some of the stuff with these other guys, 
I think Evan starts yeah, opening up here a little bit. We got to see a little more of it, but I think I think Deshaun Jackson's a good start this week. Yeah, for for me, I'm gonna stick at the wide receiver position myself, Rick. With uh, I always believe in these revenge game type of things. On top of being the only playmaker in the offense, I think Pierre Garcon heading back to Washington. I think he sets up for another one of these eight, nine, ten catch type of games. Whether or not he gets in the end zone, the the, the Redskins' pass defense has been a lot better than I expected, especially the front right. getting after the quarterback. I could see them harassing Hoyer, but I just I always believe in this revenge game type of stuff. And then I think Pierre Garcon sets up, for, especially for a big PPR day this week. I agree. All right, who you sitting? Well, I'm going to give another start. Oh, you go right. I, ahead. I think C.J. Anderson could be a great start this week. I think playing in Denver against the. You know, the walking wounded New York Giants, this thing could be over before it started, and I think he sees the ball a ton. If a team was ever just going to lay down, this would be the week where the Giants just say, no moss, no moss. Yeah, I think it could be a big game for everybody in Denver. I agree. Yeah, sits uh, right now, sit any Giant. And um, another sit that I have right now, and I'm not saying for the rest of the season, because I think things are going to change. We're talking about Tampa Bay and, and their offense. I think things are going to open up a little bit more. But right now, Doug Martin has the job. He, right. has, he has a running back job by the horns. But I think Jaqu- – so I'm sitting Jaquiz Rogers this week. I'm not so sure maybe in three or four weeks we're going to be saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a feel. It'll be interesting to see. He he looked good, you know, albeit against against New England, right? right. So, and he didn't get a ton of carries that, that I'd like to see. But yeah, you know, for I agree for right now, they're going to give Doug Martin every chance to win. And that was the question we had coming in: how much of a chance were they going to give Doug Martin? Yeah. Because remember, head coach was saying uh, nothing guaranteed. His running back coach was telling that to anybody. We could have called him up and he'd have told us. I don't know. He was obsessed with telling people this. Yeah. But then they came back, and I think they're making an effort. We'll we'll see what the results are. But I think if they continue to struggle a little bit offense, that sounds dumb because Winston's thrown for 300 yards, but it just feels like a struggle for that Tampa Bay offense. Rodgers gives you just another extra step of being a dynamic player that, that I think they have to keep him And involved. I think you're going to start seeing less and less of Charles Sims after that last yeah. performance <laughs> of his dropping passes and so forth. Yeah, so, I don't know why they still roster him. That's an unexplainable one to me. My sit this week, Rick, you spent every penny of your remaining free agent budget on this guy. And it'll be interesting to see. I think he does earn more and more of the work. But for this week, you spent that money. Now set him on the bench and just wait for one more week. Aaron Jones going up against the Vikings. Bad matchup. Nobody's running the ball on Minnesota. You bring this rookie in. This just doesn't set up very well for an Aaron. Now with the bye weeks and all the running back injuries, maybe you have no choice. But Aaron Jones is somebody I'm sitting down this week. Irregardless, if I just spent 140 free agent dollars on him, like a lot of people I know. <laughs> yeah, probably not a good, a bad idea. And and just to let you know, through these starts and sits, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Dallas, and Seattle on by. So obviously, Lashawn McCoy, you know Joe Mixon, Ezekiel Elliott. Of course, you know it has nothing to do with the buys anymore. No, unfortunately. You know. And um, so, you know, with these buys, Rick, do you like? That they're having the buys now like four teams a week? No, they should be half the league's off in week eight and the other half is off in week nine or seven, eight, however you want to do it. Get them the hell over with. 
I understand why they do it, maximize your TV revenue across right. the entire 17 weeks. I mean, look, in a perfect world, they would pick a day, you know, wherever week eight hits, middle of November sometime, and just shut her down for a week. Everybody, you want to talk about competitive advantage and disadvantage, everybody's got the same bye week. It's slap in the middle of the year, and we fire it back. Now, they're never right. going to give up a week of revenue, and I fully understand that. I'm not even going to rail against it. I get it. But, yeah, starting in freaking week five and going all the way to, what do they go to, week 11? Yeah. Four teams at a time. I hate it. I hate every Yeah, next week, it. I think there's six, yeah. I what believe. Is it? Week nine's hell week. Isn't yeah. It? Like half think, the league, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, it's is terrible. All. There's going to be some teams I don't even have a full roster for that week. And it was by design, quite frankly. I'll take the loss there and <laughs> deal with it later. Later. Yeah. All right, Rick, let's get to the game picks. Boy, I have just come crashing back to earth. I believe I was making choo-choo sounds. The train has derailed as I go 7-7 seven and seven last week. Where'd you end up? Well, unfortunately, I ended up 7-7, seven and seven, right. so, so I gained mean. not a thing on you. As, you. as you recall last week, we were opposite on about every game, yeah. and you said, boy, somebody's going to gain. And I mean, You called it, and we come out. <laughs> yeah, you were wrong, even. I was wrong. You yeah. were wrong, I was wrong. <laughs> So what a mess. But let's get into it. Starting tonight, this game has probably already happened or is happening as you're listening. As An interesting Thursday night matchup for a change as the Panthers host the Eagles. Yeah, two teams that are both playing good football. Uh, I like Carolina at home, and I like their defense a little bit better. And we've already hit on um, Cam Newton getting a little more confident. Look, Carson Wentz playing extremely well. I like Carolina a little better. I think it's going to be a great game. I'm going 27-20. I had the score 27-23. I like the Eagles here. Carson Wentz is balling out right now. Yeah, man. And truthfully, so is Cam Newton. That's what makes this such an intriguing matchup. I think the matchup Alshon Jeffrey is going to have, I think he's going to be the difference maker in this game. I think he's going to have a chance to get free, make some big plays. Going to be a struggle running the ball on both sides. I just think Wentz, I, I'm a little more confident than him. This really is a coin flip for me, but I'm going to take the Eagles here on the road, 27-23. Falcons coming off the bye, Rick, hosting your boy Jay Cutler. <laughs> lame. The lame Jay Cutler. Lame. I'll tell you what, it, you know, Atlanta's coming off the bye. They're going to be fresh. They're going to be raring to go, especially if Carolina wins. I mean, or if they lose. I mean, I guess it's, it's irregardless because blood in the waters if they lose, if they win, they're really going to be motivated. Jay Cutler's not motivated at all. I got Atlanta 33, Miami 9. I, yeah, I've got 33-13, and quite frankly, I don't know how Miami gets to 13. One thing we pro I probably should have brought up in the start-sit segment, I'll tell you this. If you're a guy who's got A.J. Green, Des Bryant, Doug Baldwin, these guys on by, you're scratching for a wide receiver. Taylor Gabriel interests me this week. Muhammad yeah. Sanu's going to be out. Julio Jones nursing that, nursing that hip. This game sh can and should be over at halftime. I think you can see a guy like Gabriel make, making some plays Very there. possible, so, yes, indeed. Austin Hooper even, he's a guy I got in my lineup Kevin after taking Coleman. him out. Right. I think there's some, some deeper options there for you in, in Atlanta this week. All right, the Baltimore Ravens coming off that win in Oakland, hosting the Bears. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Chicago still boasting a good defense, and we know how pathetic that Baltimore offense is. So I don't think this is going to be anything but a slugfest. I think it's going to be a close game. I, I'm going Baltimore at home simply because I think they know how to win a little bit better. I'm going Baltimore 20, Chicago 18. 
Yeah, I'm going to take the upset here, Rick. And based on this, it, it's going to be horrific. It is going to be the worst game you watched all season. Terrence West nicked up, so not a lot of running game in Baltimore. We know how bad the passing game's been. You know, Chicago's just good enough on defense to lose by less than a touchdown. Generally, that's who they are. I'm going to assume John Fox is going to take my words to heart. You know, he, he's a he's a he listener really to this show. Oh, and yeah. He gets Tarek Cohen involved. This game comes down to one big play from Tarek Cohen, and the Bears win this thing 16-13. All right, Rick, Houston coming off the the J.J. Watts saga. I don't know who they're going to follow in the blimp this week with J.J. being at home. Houston and Deshaun Watson hosting the Brownies. Yeah, and um, yeah, they're going to miss J.J. Watt, but they're not going to miss him that badly in this game. Houston will be all over them. Cleveland... Cleveland's going to be a subject of our new game next week. Oh, nice. And unless somehow they pull off a miraculous win, but I, I kind of doubt it. I'm going Houston 32, Cleveland 14. Last week was the absolute last time in my broadcast career, if you want to call it that, that I will ever pick the Cleveland Browns. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care if they're playing your local high school team. So here I got Deshaun Watson in Houston 24-17. I think it's unnecessarily close, but, but – Cleveland finds a way to lose, as they're wont to do, ask the Indians. Minnesota, Rick, hosting the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, Case Keenum, or Sam Bradford, who if they decide to force him out onto the field. I like Green Bay, 28, Minnesota, 17. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it really just comes down to that, right? Aaron Rodgers versus anybody Minnesota can put together. I, got, I think they, this is one of those division games. The Packers have been significantly better than the Vikings for several years, and the Vikings always keep these games close, especially in Minnesota. But I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers here 30-24. to 24. This one, Rick, it feels like they play this game every year, and every year we predict a shootout, and every year it's still in the teens heading into the middle of the fourth quarter as the Saints host the Lions. Yeah. I, Doesn't I, it feel like every single stinking year that happens with these two? Yeah, and if you look at my prediction, you'll see I'm still thinking the same thing. But, um, you know, the last couple of weeks, New Orleans has been playing a little bit of defense. I don't think they're going to be holding Detroit down, you know, in, into like the teens by any stretch of the imagination. Then again, I don't think that Detroit is going to be able to stop Drew Brees and company either. I'm going New Orleans in an upset, 34, Detroit 30. Yeah, you know what, the you, you thought Detroit was going to make a push for that division, and now they've come back to finding new and creative ways to lose. Or last week, sort of the old formula, get yourself way behind early on and come up just short at the end. They've done that a couple of times. I like the Saints here as well. I'm not going to predict the shootout. I think just for some for some reason when these two get together, you think it should be an offensive bonanza, and it simply isn't. I'm going to take the Saints here 23-21. All right, the Patriots, lots of question marks about them. Just as you predicted, Rick, the, Rick, the Jets coming off three straight wins. I know you saw that coming. Jets host the Patriots. Yeah, I think that rides over. But, I, you know, any Jet fan or a Jet player, if you said, okay, after week six you'll be 3-3, three and three, that they'd take it. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I think they're going to take it. I think New England will be all over them, 36-16. Yeah, I think the string of 300-yard passers against the Patriots' defense comes crashing to the ground here, and the Patriots win this thing 44-17. to Redskins hosting San Francisco. You know, this one here is, is intriguing to me. San Francisco can prove they can move the football. 
Uh, I'm, I'm a little concerned about Carlos Hyde you know, being dinged up and, and hasn't been playing, and then they want to start sticking. Remember how he was going to be off the team for, who was it, Williams, I believe right. it was, and in the preseason. Got hurt. You're right. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're talking about Hyde being benched again. I, I don't buy it. I think he's still the guy. But I think Washington's coming off the bye. I think they're a better team. So I'm going Washington by a touchdown, 27-20. This might have been the toughest game to predict because it's just the kind of game the Redskins would lose at oh, home, yeah. right? You bet. Plus San Francisco, they're playing good defense. They're keeping games low scoring. They're keeping themselves within a possession of every single game, just haven't found a way to get over the hump. You wonder Kyle Shanahan along with, with – uh, Pierre Garçon coming back to yeah. Washington could be ripe for an upset. I'm not going to pick the Redskins to lose at home here, though I do think it could happen. I think it's going to be low scoring, ugly like all these San Francisco games. I got the Skins 20 to 14. Another one tough to pick, Rick, is Arizona hosts Tampa Bay. Yeah, this is really tough. Arizona is Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, mostly Hyde all year. You know, somehow they've won a couple of games. People still talk about that defense being being tough. And, and, you know, it's certainly not the worst defense in the league, but it's certainly not the Arizona Cardinal defense that we've, you know, grown to really love in the last couple of years. Right. 21st against the pass. In Tampa Bay is kind of strange, too. We talked about them. They still really haven't found themselves. I think this is going to be a really close game. I'm going Arizona at home, 27-26. Well, I thought I'd surprise you with my pick here, Rick, but I'm right with you. And it's just this. Tampa Bay is right on the cusp. They're right there. Yeah. And when you put these two teams up against each other on paper, Tampa Bay, in my for my money, is a much better football team. They just haven't quite found a way. They find a way to make the big mistake, give up inopportune big plays on third down. There's just something a half a click off with Tampa Bay, and I don't trust them, even with Arizona struggling, I don't trust them to go on the road and win this game out west in somebody else's building. So I have Arizona as well, 27-24. All right, you talk about Jekyll and Hyde, Rick. It's an every-other-week situation as the Jaguars host the Rams. Jags coming off a very impressive win over Pittsburgh. You know, you got to give credit where credit's due. That defense destroyed Pittsburgh in the second half. I, it was it was just it was an I think it was an emotional win for them and I think it was a, a real confidence booster. I just don't know if they can throw back to back wins together. Rams coming off a close loss Seattle last week. I'm going Los Angeles twenty four Jacksonville twenty one. Rams are the real deal, aren't they? I mean, they're not a championship contender. They they're going to push for the playoffs and they are on the verge of something there. I think. But if you look at what the Jaguars did, you, you just run freaking Baltimore off the map over in London. And you come home and you go to the New York and lose to the Jets. And then you go to Pittsburgh and just run them right out of Heinz Field. A pattern's a pattern, Rick. <laughs> I think that this is who Jacksonville is. Or it could be that uh, London paradigm we were talking about. You know, they did lose to the Jets after the London game. Boston – or Boston. Baltimore lost to um, – who was it they lost to coming back from that debacle over in London as well? well it was the Steelers who shut oh, them yeah, down. Oh, yeah, the Steelers. As, yeah, as we exactly. know now, the Steelers are no juggernaut at, at this point of the year. Yeah, that? exactly. So 
I'm I'm not sure about Jacksonville quite yet. I think both these teams are up and coming. They both got good defenses. I like the the LA offense a little bit better. Todd Gurley, I think, is going to start running into a you know a tougher meat of the schedule. I think some of his fantasy output is going to go down, but he's still going to provide enough where that team's going to score. Right. So I mean, just look at it. Going back to Week One. Go into Houston game. Nobody thought they were going to win. Beat them twenty nine seven. And quite frankly, it wasn't even that close. As good as that defense yeah. played. Then you come back home to a Tennessee team that doesn't play much defense. You lose thirty seven sixteen. You go over to London, just whitewash the the Ravens forty four seven. Find a way to lose in overtime in the Jets, and you just go up and curb stomp the Steelers 30-9. to We we got ourselves the makings of a pattern here, and I think this is who the Jaguars is, who they are. So for all of that, this is a long way of saying I got the Rams here, 33-23. <laughs> okay. All right, what do we got? Here, here's the game that matters most to us is the Chiefs host uh, the whining crybaby nonsense that has become the Pittsburgh Steelers. It would not surprise me, you know, I talked to a couple of guys, it, it would not surprise me that Pittsburgh comes out, plays a heck of a game, wins a football game, and then goes lays an egg a couple of weeks later against a Cleveland or Detroit or right. something like that. But I'll tell you what, I think Kansas City is the best team in football right now, and I don't think that's going to happen. I think Kansas City, they're playing an arrowhead. Ben doesn't travel well at all. I'm going Kansas City 32, Pittsburgh 24. Yeah, you look back to last year, the Steelers found a way. They blew them out once and found a way to steal one in, in the playoffs, yeah. and, and they really stole it. Six field goals. Th- this is going to be my last grasp that the Steelers are going to turn this thing around. And, wh- and whatever it is, you know, they're going to get this nonsense worked out. Ben's going to quit being the prima donna that he is. I don't know how – I don't feel good about it. This is just really based on gut feeling. The Kansas City Chiefs are a much better football team right now. I just got a feeling – look, Kansas City's not going 16-0. and And the Steelers are way better than what they played last week. I think the Steelers find a way to beat this one, and the Chiefs will be looking to exercise this demon in the playoffs. It just feels like that's what this is setting up for. So I'm going to take the Steelers here 24-21, although I'd never put real money on that. <laughs> that's just a gut feeling. All right, Raiders and – and hopefully looking like Derek Carr hosting the Chargers. Yeah, this is a, this is a game that is really paramount to both teams. Yeah, you know, Chargers lose this thing, they're toast. I mean, you know, at two at one and four you think, well, they're about out of it anyway. They win some division games, they can get back into this thing, but you know, they have to win. Oakland obviously has to win the same thing. They've they've got two. I'm not convinced that David Carr is going to be a hundred percent. And this is my upset special of the week. I'm going Chargers 29, Raiders 27. I gave it. A, I gave it a lot of thought, Rick. I wanted to do it with Derek Carr nicked up. I still believe on paper, and that at this point, six weeks into the season, that's meaningless. On paper, the Oakland Raiders are still one of the better teams in the in the AFC. And you look at what Kansas City's doing. You look at what Denver's doing, and then they get a nice matchup with the Giants that we'll get to here shortly. This is one Oakland's got to have. And i got to believe that's why Derek Carr's coming back after one week from a two- to six-week injury. I think the Raiders' season is on the line here. And I think for that reason, I think I think it could be a good game for your boy Marshawn. I really Hell yeah. You're, you're welcome, Marshawn. I think he gets it rolling here a little bit, and they find a way, and the Raiders win this thing 30-23. Yeah, they're going to have to, Rick, because, I mean, you look at their offense. 
Oakland I'm talking about. They're 30th in the league total offense. 23rd in the rush, 26th against the or in the pass. Defense, they're 23rd in the league, 25th against the rush, 18th against the pass. You're 25th against rush against Melvin Gordon, and, and, we, and we know that, that Rivers can move the football. I mean, they're going to have to really improve if they even, if they even want to beat the Chargers this week. Right. Because, I mean, right. I'll tell you what, you know, everything right now is not looking too good. I don't know how they're two and three, quite, quite nah, frankly. Nah, how'd they get those two wins, you wonder. All right, Sunday night football. Uh, that looked like it was going to be good on paper in the preseason when NBC picked this game. I think, I don't know if there's another WWE pay-per-view, but I may be watching the Bing, Big Bang Theory as Denver hosts the Giants on Sunday night. I may look up some old Ric Flair wrestling <laughs> matches on YouTube or something. I, you know, Roddy Piper or something, because I, I think this one's going to be a whitewash. I'm probably a little conservative because the giant defense is still at least a giant defense. I'm going Denver 31, New York 10. Yeah, I've got this thing 17 nothing. I don't think I've ever predicted a shutout before. I they, I just think in I agree the giant I don't know how much still I believe in Trevor Simeon. The Giants defense is still pretty good. So I think they keep Denver, you know, in check a little bit, but I don't know how the Giants score. There, there is nothing there. I got that 17 nothing. And Monday night football, not not in a lot of intrigue in terms of playoff implications this early in the year, but could be a real shootout as the Titans host the Colts. You know, and I'm not so sure that it, that it's not one that has playoff implications because, I mean, I think this AFC South, although it looks like it should be Houston's, you know, that's not – they're two and three. Jacksonville's three and two. We've already predicted them to lose. Tennessee wins are three and three. Indianapolis wins are three and three. Yeah. This, this division – Typical South, right? <laughs> yeah. It, 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 both South divisions are, are crazy. I don't know if Mariota's going to play. That That's the real problem. Yep. I – I'm leaning against no, quite frankly. I like Jacoby Brissett better, but I just think I just think that the Tennessee defense will do enough, even if Mariota doesn't play. I'm not sure how much of a shootout. I got Tennessee 26, Indianapolis 21. Yeah, I got Tennessee 31-30. I think this is a total coin flip. If Mariota starts – I think the, the scoring's up there, and I think the Colts have the ability to keep up if they have to, you know, if a Mariota plays as bad as that Tennessee defense has been. I'll, I'll give the Tennessee – this is just the home field nod is all it is, so we'll agree on that one. All right, Rick. I, boy, I'm running out of breath here. Let's get going. The game starts soon and open up that mailbag. Oh, wait, there's – I forgot. We have uh... – oh, yes, Wasn't going to do it until I heard it. Send a fax or send me a letter or give me a call. That would even be better. You've got mail. I, I forgot we had production for that. <laughs> I completely spaced on it. It's been a long night. Oh, yeah. And for all our uh, you know people that sent in emails and everything, thank you. And uh, because you know what, Rick? The wide, wide world of sports is going on here. That's what they're wondering. Yeah. <laughs> I mean to tell you. It, it's disastrous. The whole thing. The whole season's a disaster. It is. Okay, let's get into the mailbag here as I fumble around. Or yanking crumpled up pages out of his pockets. My the favorite first one, I always like to put these short and sweet ones first. Oh, yeah. Get them out of the way. Wentz or Palmer? Oh, Wentz. Really? It's probably too late I, for that. As against a game. that Carolina defense. Yeah. This boy is rolling. In Carolina? Rolling. 
You trust Carson Palmer at all? Yeah. At all? Yeah. No. Yeah, sure do. No, no. You just no. ask me. No. Do I? I said yes. But you're wrong. Well, actually, I'm trying I'm to not. prevent you from being wrong. Why would you say that? Because he's awful and, and old and bad. Bad. He's bad at football right now. Really? That's my brilliant analysis. I see. I mean, I, w- I want to uh, investigate this a little bit because, you know, because when we disagree, it, it could turn into a real brawl. But, you know, Carson Wentz, granted, he's having a great year, 1,362 yards, 10 touchdowns, three picks, 122 fantasy points. Carson Palmer, he's behind by, yeah, by about 30 points, I guess, fantasy-wise. He has over 1,500, almost 1,600 yards passing. And I tell you what, I, I don't know. I mean, against this Tampa Bay defense, I think Carson Palmer this week is very intriguing. But I'll go with you. Carson Wentz, just so we don't have the listener. But, I mean, Carson Palmer has has acquitted himself quite well. I mean, he's been over 300 yards three times out of uh, five games. In another game, he had 291 yards. All right, but but you're, the yardage I don't care about necessarily. You know, let's look at it. Week one, 268 yards and a touchdown. That's pretty good, right? Oh, he had the three Except picks the three against picks. Detroit. Okay, yeah. Against the Colts. The Colts, Rick. The Indianapolis Colts. Right? The Indianapolis Colts, I stress. He had 332, only one touchdown and a pick. Real nice game against the Cowboys, right? 325, two and no picks. Right. 357, one touchdown, one pick. 291, one touchdown, no picks. It's just, the, the potential is so much. Carson Wentz throws multiple touchdowns. That's kind of his bit. And if, if we're going to be throwing interceptions all over, the place which which Carson Palmer's been wont to do he's getting the yards but he's not getting in the end zone and that's where Carson Wentz ed- edges him out well I think against that that's the reason why I wanted to, I mean you know if they were both playing say New Orleans I'd say yeah but when you're when you're visiting the Carolina defense as opposed to you being home against Tampa Bay I think this is a lot closer question than the way you make it out to be I mean, I say you go with a hot hand. Don't get me wrong. But um, I don't think you're going to see monster numbers from Carson Wentz against Carolina. Yeah, but you look, all right, the, the Reds, at the Redskins, not, not the 85 Bears, but I don't think too far off of Carolina, especially in their past defense, 307, 2-1. At the Chiefs, at Arrowhead, I think we can agree that's a pretty good defense, can't we? 333, 2-1. Now a bad bad game at, at home against the Giants, one seventy six and a touch at the Chargers, two forty two one and nothing, and against the very same Cardinals against Carson Palmer, who we think we think Arizona is a decent pass defense, right? At least with Patrick Peterson, we think that's who yeah. they are. Yeah, again three oh four four and one. So I I, th- I just think. Even I, I'll throw a matchup aside here, and I think Carson Wentz is a better quarterback. Right yeah, you now. go. It's kind of interesting. Is it Carson Palmer, Carson Wentz. Uh, you go against. Um, you brought up a great point. Talk about the Jekyll and Hyde teams of the year. That Arizona defense mm-hmm. is a, is about as big a Jekyll and Hyde as you can find in the league right now. Yeah, they're they're not. They have the playmakers, but they're nowhere near as dominant as they once were. Okay, now this is obviously before the news that came out about the suspension, but I have McCoy and Zeke on a bye. All right. Yeah. You got Zeke on a long bye. Yeah. So does your boy. But pick two from these. All right. I'm sure this is going to be trash. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yep. Wendell Smallwood, okay. Orleans Dark, Darkwa, okay. Terrence West. 
Well, I don't even trust that West is going to play. I it's, know. He's very, very questionable. I want no parts of Smallwood either. Uh, is Smallwood even guaranteed to go? Yeah, I, that's, that, I think he's questionable I mean, as this a is Smallwood, this broadcast. You know, Dark was the only one healthy, presumably, so he's going to go. Yeah, certainly. I think if fun. everybody's healthy and everybody plays, this is Smallwood and Darkwa. I think West, irregardless of health, it, West is the one I, I don't trust yeah. more Terrence than West, as, as we speak, did not practice. So, I mean, yeah, I think you're going to have to go Smallwood – in Darkwa, I mean, yeah, maybe you might want to go to the waiver wire, see what's out there. Yeah. Got to be well, if something. He's, if out he's got there. these three turds on his bench, I can't. <laughs> what could be hanging out yeah. on the waiver wire? That's a good point. Okay, uh, not making fun of you there, young fellow. No, we're, but, uh, we're all in that boat right now. I know I am with this Zeke suspension. I'm gonna be feeling that pain right with you. Yeah, I tell you what, it, it's I, I uh, forget it. <laughs> Russell Wilson on a bye. Who would you start? All right. Hoyer, Keenum, Trubinsky. Ooh, okay. All right, I'm, I'm not ready to trust your boy Mitch yet. I, I, I think right. I, I've seen something in him. I'm not ready. This comes down to Hoyer and Keenum. You got Keenum at home against Green Bay trying to play catch up. Looks like Stephon Diggs is going to play. You got Hoyer on the road. At Washington, I think Keenum has a better matchup here. Now, I can't imagine they're going to try and roll Bradford back out there, right? They learned their lesson on that one. You would think so. I mean, you're going to set this guy back by weeks if he keeps getting out there stiff-legged getting killed. Right. The only thing that has me thinking about this is all the everything I've said about the, the potential – it's not really a revenge situation. Nobody left on bad turns, but you, you get shot Shanahan and you get Garcon heading back to Washington. That tends to be meaningful. But Washington's playing, a, again, a pretty decent brand of pass defense, at least in terms of pressuring the quarterback. I don't know what the numbers show, but Kerrigan and those guys are getting after the quarterback. I'm going to go Keenum here. They're going to be playing catch-up. There's a good chance they're behind early. They're going to have to throw. If Stephon Diggs plays, I think they get Thielen really involved. I'm let's go face Keenum it, they're here. a better football team. That, yeah, that too. And the potential with Minnesota of, of pulling an upset – is probably greater yeah. to, in my mind, even though San Francisco has been pretty competitive defensively and Hoyer actually moved to football some last week. I, I think that's more of a case where they couldn't run the football. Right. I, they want to run the football. Yeah. And so you I, might see Breida this week get, getting more work. If, right. So I'm, I, I'm with you. I'm Case Keenum all over that one. Okay. Oh, blow it up, baby. Oh, we're blowing it up. I'm ready to do that myself. <laughs> PPR. All right. I was offered Christian McCaffrey for Lamar Miller. Would you? Three weeks ago, I'd have said yes. Right now, no. I mean, McCaffrey, the the numbers just aren't there. All the potential in the world. This is a keeper league or something, it may be a different conversation, but you didn't say that. Lamar Miller is, look, he's not the guy he once was. Foreman's 
getting less work than I thought he would, quite frankly, with the flashes he's shown when he's gotten the ball. They are sticking with Lamar Miller. Deshaun Watson's become such a weapon, I think it's opening up things in the passing game. And quite frankly, even with Olsen going out, I remember saying on these airwaves that I thought McCaffrey would be the biggest beneficiary, and his numbers have gone steadily down since then. I'm sticking with Lamar Miller here. It's a much safer option. I, I agree. I think just volume-wise, he's there. And look, the, the with Deshaun Watson moving the football the way he is, I mean, I, I just think that things just are going to be happening more for Lamar Miller. And I, I agree with you. I, it's um, McCaffrey. The numbers just aren't there. Yeah. I, I don't know why. Because why, I don't think they need to right now. You're probably right. They don't need that gimmicky stuff, right? right? They're playing actual big boy football right Exactly. Now. Okay, which two running backs should I start in PPR? All right. Got your little pen? Oh, I got it. Duke Johnson. Okay. Um, DeMarco Murray. Okay. Hell yeah. (laughs) Little Marshawn. Or Buck Allen. Okay, Marshawn and Buck Allen. So... I don't know about West, but I don't know. We we keep trying to make this Allen thing happen. He put up a few numbers last week, but I'm taking him off the list right away. Duke Johnson's intriguing the way he, he keeps making plays. And when you watch the Red Zone channel, you'd think he was averaging about 30 fantasy points a, a week. Every time they flash to there, Duke Johnson's making some big play. But at the end of the day, the numbers just haven't panned out. DeMarco Murray's got a nice matchup against the Colts. He should get it going. They're, you're either not going to have Mariota or maybe a limited Mariota. I think they try to establish the run there. And, and I said earlier when, when predicting the game, I think it's a decent week against that San Diego front for Marshawn Lynch, trying to protect a Derek Carr if he's playing banged up. So I'm going DeMarco and Marshawn with a a close third to Duke Johnson. I think I'm going Marshawn and Duke Johnson. Okay, it's a gutsy Uh, play, and I don't hate it. I really don't. I mean, I'm just looking, you know, since week two, he has eight, this, this is total yards, 80 at Baltimore, 104 at Indianapolis, you know, down to um, 60 against Cincinnati, but he did have a touchdown. And then he's back up to 83 yards with a touchdown against the Jets. Duke Johnson is the only thing they got going right now in Cleveland. I don't hate it. It's certainly not Isaiah Crowell, who, quite frankly, I am – they cannot run the football. No. They, They can't get out of their way running the football. Um, but Duke Johnson has a great hand. He's got open field ability. So I, I think I'd take him a little bit over DeMarco Murray this week. All right, so I think that becomes a risk-reward. Yeah. You're playing a conservative, DeMarco's your play. I wouldn't blame you for playing Duke, though. I wouldn't do it, but I, I don't blame you. I don't hate the. I don't. I'd love to scream at you for it, but I don't hate it. Okay, would you – and to me, this is just a uh, – a no-brainer, and and I don't want to sound. You can say it. Is it a stupid question? <laughs> yes. All right. Stupid All right. question. It's, it's a stupid question. But, you know, his reasoning is he's becoming much more involved in the offense now. Would you bench Adam Thielen for Mike Wallace? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I Yeah. I, 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 
When are the two of you going to grow up? <laughs> I mean, this shtick was cute for a while, yeah, but we're, it's we're being mean. It's sorry, not shtick. It's truth. Mm, I'm sorry. It's a dumb so, question. Sorry, mom. Yeah, no, I, I'm not going to do it. I get, I get why you're thinking that way, but no, don't get cute. Look, here. he has a big playability. I, I understand that, but you look at that Baltimore offense, and he is. I mean, Mike Wallace. We, we've since we've been in front of these stupid microphones, spitting and sputtering. We've called him the one-trick pony, and that's exactly yeah, what he is. He, yeah, he may break one and get you a touchdown here or there, but he's going to get that one catch for four yards, Yep, and, and that's it. So, I mean, yeah, give me Adam Thielen all day, yeah, every day on yeah, that one. Purely based on targets, if nothing else. Okay, I'm missing Dez and Doug Baldwin this week. Ouch. All right. What two would you start in PPR? Okay. Got your little pencil? I got it. Danny Amendola. Okay. Always pops up in bye weeks. You ever yeah, oh, yeah. He's a guy. You want to get him in, but you're never comfortable with it. Exactly. Dante Moncrief. Okay. Basically a real invisible player since Andrew Luck hasn't been playing. Uh, Marvin Jones. Eric Decker. How many of these do I need? Two of them. Yep. Tell you what I'd do. I'd start Amendola and head over to your waiver wire and pick up Taylor Gabriel. <laughs> is what I would do. But if he's not available or if you if you don't like Gabriel, I guess it's Amendola and oh god. Jones? Maybe potential for to get in the end zone anyhow. But he's he's been about invisible. Eric Decker's been nothing. He's been nothing. Moncrief made a couple catches last week as that game wore on. Yeah, I mean if but I do I we look... really believe Jacoby Brissett's gonna throw for three and a half again? I just right. even against Tennessee, I don't think that's it's probably Marvin Jones. But seriously, head out to your waiver wire and look for Taylor Gabriel. That's my advice. I don't think he's owned by a lot of teams. Probably not. You're absolutely right with with Mohamed Sanu at you know, and if you looked at the beginning of the season, you look at this guy's stable of wide receivers, Des Bryant, Doug Baldwin, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, Dante Moncrief, Eric Dyke, you'd probably thought, this guy's in pretty good shape. Pretty solid stack there, you know, yeah. of good number three wide receivers. But, but, yeah, I mean, Amendola can be good, but wildly inconsistent. Moncrief is absolutely hideous without Andrew Luck in there. Right. Um, Marvin Jones – Inconsistent at best. Eric Decker just it not really out there. I don't not know at why. all. Yes. In fact, I had, I had a lot of stock of Decker this yeah, year. Yeah, I know you did. And um, not panning out. In fact, he's dumped. I think on every team. Yeah, did, any just, league that I'm in. Can't explain why. You know, it should have been a good fit there. Nice possession guy. The something they haven't had. You got Matthews going over the. I don't know if it's you know Corey David not being healthy. I, I don't know what it is, but just not yeah. working out. Jared Goff. Eli Manning. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Eli Manning is throwing to Rick and his three brothers this week. It's Jared Goff. It, it would be freaking Brian Hoyer. It would be Blake Bortles. Anybody. Eli Manning. Other is, than maybe Jay Cutler and maybe Mitch Trubisky is about the only ones I wouldn't have is over at him. best 29 this week at best. Well, I guess there's four teams on by. No, he's still on about 29. There's teams on by. That there's four have. on by, so that makes 28 teams All right, play. So he's at best 25, at best. At best. Like I said, maybe Cutler, Trubinsky. Try to think. Uh, Hogan, maybe, but I don't know. Hogan and Mc. 
Yeah, McCowan. McCowan. Yeah, I mean, but that's the company. That'd be Eli. about it. That's yeah, that's the company. He's, you know, look, it's not a good matchup for Golf on paper, but you never know with the Jaguars. Golf will get his. Exactly. Okay. Oh, uh, here's another one. This is standard. Okay. He's got. He's in a little predicament here. Isaiah Crowell or Frank Gore? Oh, gross. Gross, gross, gross. Pick up Taylor Gabriel. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm not sure that's an option here. All right, Cleveland in Houston. That's terrible. You know what? Gore's got the better better matchup. And while 3.2 yards of carry hasn't been good, he's getting the goal line looks. We're thinking Marlon Mack's going to get more. But we don't know. Marlon Mack is dealing with an elbow. He's seeming like a cat that can't stay, stay healthy. You know, Gore's just got the better matchup, and I'm going to go with that. You know, Crowell's been bad in good matchups. Really, even without J.J. Watt, I don't see him tearing up this Houston defensive front. Oh, no. I mean, not even – he can't run against anybody. And, and that's the problem Cleveland's been having. You know, I mean, I think that's why Duke Johnson's so, so valuable because – you know they can get absolutely nothing going. I, I, yeah, Frank Gore to me just so easy. Not even thought, thinking about it. Blow it up, baby. Oh, we're gonna blow it up. All right. Boy, that was a good one. I like that. I like that. All right, now I want you to get your pencil. We oh. got to put a lot of thought into this thing. Oh boy. Because uh, you know we're about this is about the end of the show, and I wanted to end it. Well, so is this a question for that that R R B forty four in Grove City, PA? No, oh, no, no, he no, emails no, no, no. a lot. No, this is actually a real trade question, but okay. it's uh, PPR. All right, I have lost Cook and David Johnson this oh, year. Man, <laughs> all right, oh, th- oh wow, yeah. okay. My running backs are Shane Vereen, Gillisey, and Terrence West. Okay, that's bad. That's not good. My wide receivers are Fitzgerald, Garcon, um, oh, Deshaun Jackson, okay, Elshon Jeffrey. Okay. I was offered Doug Martin for Larry Fitzgerald. Would you? In a perfect world, I would not. You don't have a choice here. I mean... Oh, I'm sorry. He has Doug Baldwin as well. I apologize. Oh, yeah, then that makes that an absolute no-brainer. You're so yeah. desperate for a running back. And really, Larry Fitzgerald may be your number three wide receiver right now. So you're getting what's going to become your top back for your third wide receiver. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Uh, that's uh, not all that complicated at all for me. So you would? Yeah. You really trust uh, Doug Martin? No, but I trust him more than Vereen, Gillisley, or Terrence West. I mean, think about it. He is starting one of Vereen or West every week. (laughs) Every week, he's starting one of those two. He doesn't have yeah. a freaking choice here. And yeah. They didn't ask for Doug Baldwin. We I, could I have don't the dis- mean to laugh at this poor guy. We yeah. could have the discussion with Doug Baldwin. Think about how damn good this team would be with Cook, DJ, oh, I know. <laughs> Alshon, Garcon, and Fitz. He, he'd be thinking about a championship. Right now he's looking to survive right. until David Johnson comes back, if he comes back at if all. If he comes back, you're absolutely yeah, right. Right now, every week he is sitting down. He's starting Gillisley without even thinking about it, which isn't a good thing, right? To, right. to say, oh, it's a lock. I had to play Gillisley. Yeah. And then he's sitting 
around with his finger up his nose trying to decide between Shane Vereen and Terrence West. And this guy didn't ask for Doug Baldwin. All he asked for was for Fitz. Look, you love Fitz. I love Fitz. We all love Fitz, but come on. Even Doug Martin, even if we have questions, yes, he would be by 250% better than any running back he currently has rostered. He has no choice here but to make this move. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. You know, I mean, I like looking at stats and trying to figure out things. You know, but everything you said just makes perfect sense. I agree with you. You know, you know, because you think, well, you know, always, always giving up Larry Fitzgerald. You know, Larry, Larry Fitzgerald is third in the league in catches, yeah, behind but, only Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. You know, but the point is, you're not giving up on Larry Fitzgerald. You're giving up on Shane Vereen, Mike Gillisley, and Terrence West. That's who yeah. you're giving up on. It is this nice to have to thing. bench one of those. Bums. You know, I agree. And so you're making that decision versus now every week. You know, you're starting. You know, what what's our order? You, so Doug Baldwin's your one. Let's assume he can start three. I don't know if there's three in the flex. Let's assume he can start three total running backs. Maybe there'd be or wide receivers. Right. Maybe there'd be one more. But let's assume three. So obviously Doug or Doug Baldwin's your lockdown one, right? I think Alshon or but now you're deciding two or three. Every I think Garcon be number two. He could email in us, right? I could see him emailing us every week. I need two of these three: Garcon, Fitz, and Alshon, and it would be different every week based on matchups. So now you you can finally have one running back who you can plug in guaranteed that's not named Mike Gillisley, right? And then have him decide between those two. I think it's just an absolute no-brainer based on his team construction. Yeah, you know, if he still I, had I, Dalvin Cook. Maybe the answer is no. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll say it again: Shane Vereen, Mike Gillisley, <laughs> Terrence West. Not, nothing else needs to be said. Yeah, it's not his fault. I mean, no, it's not draft, his fault. Drafted an excellent team, and yeah, you, you got bit like so many of us have this year. Yeah, and I mean, it's not. It would not be bad if you had Johnson and Cook playing. And okay, they're on a bye. I'll throw in Gillespie, yeah, or yeah, maybe yeah. West had gotten hot. You can right. throw him in. But yeah, I mean, as things stand right now, you're right. He's he's just trying to survive. Yeah. Is all he's doing. So, okay, I agree with you. That's it in the mailbag, well, that's baby. It. All that's right. it. We, you know, we we got to try to get, you know, don't want to drag people out forever. But if you want more, I'll bring more. You know, that's just the way it is. He's giving me these weird looks. But anyway, we are Flieger and Briggs. Thanks for joining us. This is Asylum Football Show on fakepigskin.com. Hit us up with your, you know, and I don't want to steal Rick's Thunder. Last right. week oh, I ended and he just sat there and looked at me like, I don't know what to do, so I'll, I'll shut up. So get those questions in, asylumfootball at gmail.com, at asylumfootball on Twitter if I'm still willing to look at it. It's making me angry, so I don't know. But we will answer your question. Hey, check, watch out, asylumfantasysports.com, fake pig skin. We've got it rolling. Go over to the iTunes store, look up the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show on fake pig skin. Surprise to that, I'll be shutting asylumfantasysports.com here down real shortly once uh, once all the bills run out on that one. So that's it. Good luck this week. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care.